Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Show number 204, Chris. I'm here. I'm Rich. Got me a fatty, bottle or a couple beers, pile of weed. Good God, man. Right, it's, it's me. <laughs> you got the right show? No, I don't. At this point, yes. <laughs> yeah, no Bro, shit. It's only nine months in. Only nine fuck motherfucking months oh, in. Coaster. Nine months in, and I don't know if you guys saw this this week, but there was a story... I think this came out today as we were recording this on Thursday that uh that Trump's kids uh what what are his kids' names again? I know there's Don Jr. There's the one that's married to Jared. Ivanka then, there's Tiffany, the one he ignores. Well, well Tiffany, yeah. Well there was a story about Tiffany getting uh the, the the other kids ganged up on her to try and get her out of the will. But no, Tiffany's not in this. Um what's what's the other one? The that looks like the uh, American Psycho. Oh, Kushner? Eric. No, no. Oh, yeah. Trump's, Eric, yes. His Eric blood Trump. kids, not his, not his in-laws. Yeah. Yes. All three of those and Kushner, it's, it's rumored that there are um, criminal charges that can be filed against them. Well, for what? Well, it's a rumor. <laughs> I understand if everything's it, been a rumor at this point, but for... For what? What did they do? They all get together and rob a bank? No, that that is the rumor. What do you mean, what did they do? <laughs> what, what are the criminal what charges? They, what are they investigating? Look, that's the rumor, okay? The rumor is there are... They've found evidence of actual crimes that they can charge them with. The rumor didn't say anything about what those charges would be. And again... It's a rumor, but that is just a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, so no, no evidence yet, but interesting because I don't know. Do you think Trump would actually step down to avoid having one of his kids put in jail? He, he's, he's got he's got access to the pardons. Remember, he, already, he started doing his homework before Joe Arpaio. He just yep. put some money under commissary uh-uh. and just be good with it. Yeah, but. The, the FBI did their did more homework than Trump. I can guarantee you that, and no that's way. why they're looking for uh, not federal charges but state charges that they can bring against possible uh, criminal do- wrongdoings in Trump's administration, so that Trump can't pardon them. Because a president can only pardon federal crimes. It doesn't have president doesn't have. Uh, the power to pardon somebody that's uh, found guilty of a state crime. That would be up to your governor well, of it, that state. It's, it's to that point with me, but it's like it's the government one hand washing the other, and eh, we'll see. Like I'll believe when I see it. Like it's. That's, I understand. Look, that, yeah, that's where I'm believe at. It when you see it. I understand that. Yeah, but <laughs> is it not even worth talking about? No, I'm not saying it's not worth. Talking. I'm just saying that's that's okay, where I'm. But, all right. Well, I, I we'll see. One, one day we will see. 
Well, I guess to me, it's just the fact that they can't name any charges, or I'm like, eh, is it? It's a, do you uh, got- okay. Uh, look, I'm sorry I brought it up. I, I said it was. <laughs> Dude, I said it was just a rumor that it was. Just I hate a when rumor mom and dad fight. That there was possible criminal charges that would be brought against his kids. There's no no evidence of uh, yet of any criminal wrongdoing. We will we'll have to wait and see. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, real quick. Uh, didn't uh, Kushner get fucking caught using a private email? Yeah, he pulled the, to pulled discuss the government. Yeah, I mean, is it so? Isn't Kush, where's the Kushner chance to lock and, him up? Kushner and uh, Iv- I always get them mixed up. Is it Ivanka as the daughter? Yes. I, I okay. don't know. They're like German. They're like Nazi genetic experiments. They're just they're just Aryan experiments. Whatever. Is, at least Ivanka, I, look, I don't want to be that guy that says to the women, you should smile more, but at least Ivanka knows how to fucking smile. Like, God damn it, Trump's wife looks so fucking miserable all the time. She looks like she's in a hostage situation. And, I, and I'm really not saying that as like, oh, you're such a pretty woman, you should smile more. No, it's just like, she looks... You're right. It looks like a hostage situation. Well, like, she looks I like feel she, bad for her. She looks like she's pissed she's got to stay married to him for another till 2020. Like, oh, you know what she's pissed about? I was going to divorce this guy in 2018. <laughs> Shit. She's pissed. You know what she's pissed she's about is that, is that he has to get, she has to actually give up the pussy. <laughs> he's, got, he's got so much scrutiny on him, he ain't got time to go get side ass anymore. So she's actually having to fucking huff and puff on top of that fucking thing. Well, also, and she's pissed about it. She's. I think it's that and the fact that he all but ignores her when he's not interested in her pussy. Like, did you see? <laughs> I, I forget where they were. Some hurricane ravaged area, and he's like right next to him is his wife, and he's kind of turned away from her a little bit. So she's kind of like next to him and off to the side. But she came there with him. And he's talking about her like she's not there. Yeah, he actually like, is. It the is it the time when he actually turned to her and goes, "Okay, go sit down, honey." Was, <laughs> was that, that, that was that that speech? No, I saw. Oh, you didn't I, see that? I saw a um, a screenshot of of the of him talking and like the transcript of what he was saying. So I didn't I didn't get that part. But what, wait, so <laughs> why did he tell her to go sit down? I, apparently, they were introduced and brought up, and he was speaking, and she was sitting there, and, and you know they do the typical wave to the crowd before you start speaking and stuff. And he started talking, and she's still standing there, and he kind of turns and looks at her and sees that she's there, and he's like, "Okay, you can go sit down now, honey." And I'm just like, "Damn, <laughs> you know, you can't let her, you can't let the bitch stand there while you talk." Jesus, you know, <laughs> I mean. Well, so, like you're distracting me. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> we know that Ivanka and Kushner both were doing government business with their private email servers. Oh, is shit. This a, is this oh, a rich, shit. Lock is this a rich them thing? Up. Lock like, them up. Is this a status symbol now to have your own email server? Like, why do people... I don't understand. Like, I, Look, everybody gets a lot of email, and I'm sure when you, do, when you work in government... You get even more email than most people, but I, I can't imagine the volume of email that would you would have to have to justify having your own server in your home. Maybe because they're all pulling Anthony Weiners and they're fucking sexting with underage people, and they just don't want to yeah. get caught. Also, we found out 
that well, we knew that Kushner wasn't really good at filling out paperwork because he's had to amend his security statements and everything multiple times. And like, oh, oh, wait, there was this other thing. And oh, wait, oh, this other time that I met this Russian guy. And we found out that he registered to vote in New York and put his gender down as female. So, I mean, all right, he checked the wrong box, but people had a field day with it. (sighs) Good times, good times. But yes, um, as, as far as the private email server and the Trump bunch, uh, every defense I've, of it I've heard is technically he's not a government employee. He's an advisor. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. He works. How much more government employee you got to be? You have an office in the White House. Right. Like, I mean, like, you're, you're charged with solving peace in the Middle East. <laughs> Your paychecks probably it, say... U.S. federal government on them. Wait a minute. Hold on a sec. He has access to classified information. Is that for real? He's he's supposed to bring peace to the Middle East? Oh, amongst many of his other jobs, yes. Okay, that's proof right there that Trump (laughs) does not like his son-in-law because I know what happened to Sadat. (laughs) You know. (laughs) This is... We're going to have a... a Don't worry, Gerald. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's going to do the same thing. They're going to he, Trump's going to do the same him? thing they did to Sadat. They're going to they're going to go. Hey, we're going to have a parade in your honor. Why don't you sit right down in front, and then they're going to assassinate his ass. It's the last person who was going to bring peace to the Middle East, as far as I remember. So, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Don't want to be Trump's son-in-law. That's for sure. Jesus, fuck that job. Well, I, I mean. It's just added to the list of things that are never going to get done. They, fourth time now on health care, they voted. Yeah. This great, time... Uh, great job, everybody. Quite, quite possibly... You know, I don't have a feature comparison chart here in front of me, but quite, quite, quite possibly the worst version of repeal and replace. It was basically get rid of all of the... ACA regulations, you know, stay on your parents' health care, uh, um, and oh, uh, pre, pre-existing conditions are covered, all that stuff. Wipe all that out and take all that tax money that they set aside for it and give it back to the states. Only it just so worked out that the red states somehow got a lot more money than the blue states under this plan that won't happen anyway. If I failed at the same project four times in a year in my job, I would no longer have my job. Just putting that out into the ether. Yeah, and I think I think that's pressure that Mitch McConnell especially is feeling. You know, he's... Um, it's interesting because both Mitch McConnell and... Trump were supporting, um, oh shit, I forgot the guy's name that was running in uh, Alabama, that was running for Jeff Sessions' seat, Strange, Luther Strange, and it ended up being the wacko judge that won the runoff, and now being Alabama will most likely be the next senator for Alabama, and... Apparently, this guy's 
him and, and Mitch McConnell are, are not friends. So he's not. This isn't going to help Mitch McConnell necessarily push his plan forward through. Okay, can you kick that down just a little bit? That's quite loud. Oh, right on. Am I the only person that thinks Mitch McConnell looks like a turtle? No, I think everybody does. I think <laughs> it, I, I would be surprised if you said, am I the only person that thinks that Mitch McConnell looks human? <laughs> yeah, he looks like he looks like Dana Carvey in that Master of Disguise movie when he's dressed up as a turtle. <laughs> turtle, turtle. Right, so I mean the big problem with the Republicans right now is that they have all these big ideas, but they can't uniformly agree on how to how to implement them. And now with this judge whose name I forget in Alabama coming in as the next senator, that's just going to cause more turmoil. I mean, truth is that this runoff vote in Alabama was almost a contest between Trump and Mitch McConnell and Steve Bannon. And when Steve <laughs> when Steve Bannon left, because Steve Bannon's back in the he backed the winner. Can I kill myself? And it, so. St- Worst so choice Steve, ever. Steve Bannon. <laughs> well, look, we're talking about a Republican runoff. I mean, yeah, they're going to win. It's not like Steve Bannon suddenly like started backing a Democrat. But uh, what was I saying? Oh, so S- Steve Bannon, when he left the White House and said he was ready to go to war, this is what he was talking about. And the big question was, who is he going to go to war against? Like, is he going... Is he going to war against liberals? Is he going to war against Trump, the guy who just fired him, or somebody else? So it's, not, it's really Mitch McConnell that he's going after. He sees Mitch McConnell as being one of the the problems of why Trump can't get his pan, his uh, his agenda into law. What? Because Mitch McConnell's trying to be the middleman to try to bring some levity to the situation. I know I just used Mr. Connell levity in the same sentence, but... Levity? I don't know what that means, but... Try to filter Trump to be like, no, that's insane. Uh, Congress won't let me do that. Like, those kind of ideas. Right. I think that is the problem. Is that, you know, Trump administration wants to just... They they have their ideas and they want to ram them down everyone's throat. And Mitch McConnell is an experienced politician who, rightly or wrongly, believes, like... There's done, certain there's a certain way to do this shit to make it effective. He's done the government before, and certainly, you know that part of the reason why they can't get any of their agenda done, outside of the fact that they're all fucked up ideas, is the fact that they literally are trying to ram everything through without debate. That's not. I was just talking to my dad about this today, like. Trump does not under Trump reminds me of a guy who got went to an interview for a job that did not want to get he's like Spud in train spotting. Like, you know, we're talking about, you know, you try too hard to get the job, you know, just right. go on the interview so you just you know, your parents think you're doing shit. Mm-hmm. You want to try too hard, you get the job. Trump tried a little too hard, got the job has no idea how this position works. Right. That there's two other branches of government that can step in and go, Hey buddy, no, like Trump does tell him. Trump, did he, he must have slept through senior year government, or maybe it wasn't a, a requirement when he was in high school. Yeah, yeah he, doesn't, I, he doesn't. It's not how. It's not how this works. I think he's still applying that philosophy. I mean, he doesn't really want to. 
I don't believe he wants to deal with North Korea at all. He'd rather not have to deal with that or talk about why he hasn't had any major legislation passed or or why his tax plan has almost the same chance of getting passed. He'd much rather talk about NFL players because this is something, this is just some red meat that he can toss at the crowd and they all devour. Yep, it's easy. It's easy. It's like, uh, uh, oh, what, what, oh, fuck, what, oh, family guy. When Lois Griffin ran for town council or something, and she would just go up and her speeches were just like, uh, the troops, the flat, you know? <laughs> You're right. And, and 9, 9 11. 11. And everybody just cheers. It's low hanging fruit for him. How come this Colin Kaepernick guy isn't getting credit for being a soothsayer? I mean, he was protesting Trump before Trump was even a, even president. That's that's what I'm saying. That's that's what like bothers me about the whole thing. This had nothing to do with him at all. In fact, it was starting to recede, right. you know. And he just injects himself into this situation. Like, did he not get enough hugs as a kid? Well, they, I mean, it just so conveniently comes on the tail of the fourth time that they failed to repeal and replace something that he and many others ran on. Yeah, but so, yeah, but well, he knows that he can he can drape our fail- failure in the flag, and no right. one will care. He can wedge himself into this little issue. Well, I don't say little issue. I mean, the guy's protesting the mistreatment of of black people in America. That's not a little issue. But he can wedge himself into this issue, and he knows that he doesn't even have to say it. All of his supporters come to him and say, oh, yeah, oh, we totally agree with you. They're totally disrespecting the troops. Disrespecting the troops? Where the fuck did that come from? How come every time somebody looks sideways at a fucking flag, the thing that you put on your bumper stickers and your fucking underwear and your towels (laughs) and that you wave ragged, all torn up off the back of your goddamn pickup truck. All Which you're not filthy. supposed to do. But you, this thing that if you disrespect it in any way at all, you're disrespecting the troops. Where does this fucking come from except for zero argument and zero understanding of what freedom means in this country? It's the same as the children, the poor children. Right. What the fuck? The children have nothing to do with fucking nothing, all right? Seriously, stop with this nonsense. Well, right, yeah. Quick side note, you know, here in Michigan, they're they're redoing the medical marijuana laws, and they just pushed through a ban on advertising be- on the basis of, well, we don't want kids to see it. And then they'll, oh, so kids will see billboards for marijuana, think it's cool, quote-unquote, and then want to do it. But you can go, to, you can... Go for miles with your kid in the car, and every block's got a fucking liquor store. My kid doesn't. Yep. My kids don't look out the fucking window and go, "Wine sounds really cool. I'm gonna do hey, that." Hey, daddy, pull over at the liquor store. I need to give me a forty. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not how that works. Right. So the liberals have their their children, and the right have their troops. And which, like I said before, we started. Fuck the troops and fuck the children. If their feelings are... I'm sorry, you've seen combat. Your feelings cannot be that fucking hurt by someone going, I'm going to kneel during the national anthem compared to getting a limb blown off. And if they are, 
You're a fucking snowflake, all right? Literally, you are delicate. You melt in anything over 32 <laughs> degrees weather. Right. You know, <laughs> I, maybe, okay, I have, I have no experience with the military whatsoever. All that I know about it is from Hollywood. It, unless they're way off base, though, I've never seen any TV show, movie, any portrayal of a soldier who is like, going through some shit and going, well, they better fucking appreciate this back home. I hope they're at least standing for the fucking national anthem. You think they're, they're thinking about any of that shit? You know what they're thinking? I hope my wife isn't fucking somebody else. I hope I got a job waiting for me when I get back. I hope I don't come back all fucked up and be ostracized from society. And that all is like, you know, a far number two from, hey, I hope I don't die. Right, and anybody who wants to use the troops as a as an excuse for uh, these delicate troops that that are offended by people kneeling and and you know talking bad about this country, you have to shut the fuck up unless you can show me clearly what you personally have done for the troops that they're so goddamn important to you. Show me the money that you've donated to organizations that help troops dealing with PTSD or injuries. Show me the times that you've visited the, the VA or maybe even served yourself. Then I'll Eric. listen to your argument. Hey, Otherwise, hey, you hey, don't hey. really give a shit. You give as much shit about the fucking troops as you do <laughs> aborted fetuses. It's just hurting your personal beliefs. But Aaron, they, they, they went on Facebook... And they changed their, their profile picture to a frame that says they, they stand for the anthem and they kneel at the cross. <laughs> That's all you need to do for the troops. You know you know what the troops really want? They want packages of stroke books, dip, and rip fuel. That's what the <laughs> fuck you can do to, to help the troops. Send them some fucking some 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 spread brown eye fucking porn, some skull and some shit to keep them fucking amped because they're getting maybe thirty minutes of sleep every fucking twelve fifteen hours. That's what the fuck they want. Yeah, and I'm uh, telling you, man. Yes. I, you know, we you know what? Go the ahead. most I've ever heard a troop say, someone who saw combat in Afghanistan or Iraq. So someone from this generation say is. Well, I'm glad we went over there and fought for your right to keep on not giving a fuck. That's yeah. about that's about that's about the most I've heard. They're not over there fucking fighting. I mean, yeah, of course there's the true believers and the fucking Kool-Aid drinkers. There's always going to be. And there's shitbirds over there, too, who joined because they thought they were going to get a cushy job in the rear with the gear and be a fucking pogue. And then they fucked up in the MOS school, and their ass is now fucking on the front line being a bullet catcher. But most of them... You know who they're fighting for? You know who they're fucking, what they're trying to do? They're trying to make sure the person next to them gets home alive because that person next to them is trying to do the same thing for them. They don't, they're not dying for mom, apple pie, and country. They're willing to put their life on the line because they know that these motherfuckers that are in that platoon, in that fucking, in that squad with them, have their fucking six, and that's, they have to have their six as well. That's, that's it. And I find it funny that the people who yell the troops the loudest never served. Yeah. Never served, probably don't help out in any way. Honestly, don't give a shit. The troops the troops never leave their lips unless they're enraged about what somebody else is doing. Yeah. 
It, is, I, it won't be a popular opinion either. I mean, I said it before the show, like, if we're going to talk real, because we like to talk real nowadays, anyone that did anything for that flag is dead at this point, because all the wars in our lifetimes have been for political reasons. Yeah, and I and I that hey, I've said that to people who served and they get pissed and I go, Don't get pissed at me. Get pissed at your leaders who sent you to die for some bullshit. Get pissed at the leaders who keep sending you back to Afghanistan to protect poppy fields for big pharma. Right. Yeah, well, okay, was- don't get pissed at me, asshole. I didn't I didn't fucking send you there. Yeah. Fucking D Day was fucking you know, seventy years ago. The last war we needed to fight was World War II. Yeah. Period. We didn't need to go to Iraq. Afghanistan is not a war. It's just it, it, Afghanistan is like is a war. Like the war on drugs is a war. It's never going to end until they have absolutely nothing to offer us, and then we'll pull out. Like I don't understand. We're still there. We got the boogeyman, right? Like, but that's we're. I don't want. Well, what about conversation. the concept that they fought for? The they fought for the basic rights that are listed in the Constitution. The First Amendment of which is freedom of expression, freedom well, of speech. We kind of covered so this on, <laughs> on 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 Sporgy, and I'll say this: that this was the take that our resident, I guess, available Thursday Trump, Trump's Trump supporter. Would you say on on the network? He's our token Trump supporter. He said that, yes, the troops fought for the right for you to protest, but it's wrong for you to protest. Which made me just shake my head and go, hold on a second. Let me go beat my head against a brick wall until I lose enough IQ points to follow that line of logic. <laughs> you know, it's, it's real simple. And I'll, I'll, I'll quote Bill Hicks. No one has ever died for a piece of cloth. They died for the ideals the piece of cloth represents, one of which is the right to not stand or, as he said, burn, because this, yeah. this was 25 years ago when we went through this shit last time, the fucking flag. Case fucking closed. End of discussion. Yes, just, just because right. there's something that says you can burn the flag doesn't mean you have to go out, buy up every flag you see and start burning it. You have, you have the freedom to be offended to voice your opinion about that. But this idea that people shouldn't have the right, they should make it illegal. Like, how does that... (laughs) How can you keep that thought in your head at the same time you have this assumed love for America? Because the whole concept of this nation is based around freedom. I mean... You can look at Colin Colin Kaepernick (laughs) and go, that guy disgusts me, right? But shouldn't you also stop for a second and go, but God damn it, isn't that beautiful? Isn't Isn't it beautiful that this asshole can voice or express his stupid opinion and be wrong and no no one's going to goose step out onto the field and march him into a cell? No one, that, no that one gets that. That the government isn't going to put his their neck on their <laughs> the government is not going to put their boot on his neck and force him to do something that he doesn't want to that goes against his beliefs. What happened to the the, the right constantly saying more laws aren't going to help? We need to enforce the laws on the books. Yeah, when <laughs> right. it comes to anything they don't like. They turn into the worst fucking far left person that they fucking criticize who say, oh, you just want to 
regulate and 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 uh, legislate freedom away. I mean, this is this is where I, I do I, I do I mean, damn near lockstep with a lot of libertarians. The more laws don't give us freedom; laws take our freedoms away. For the most part, the laws are just nonsense well, to actually, collect money off of us. Actually, by definition, I mean, complete freedom is anarchy, which is chaos, which is not a reasonable situation that most people want to live in. So we find ways to restrict fe- freedoms in order for us to all cooperate in the same fashion for the most part. So yeah. Every law isn't a restriction of freedom, so thereby, the more laws you have, the less freedoms you have. But it, you're right, it only applies, it, it applies selectively, like anybody else. It's less laws, always good, unless it's stuff that bogs me out, that, it, that feels icky to me. In which case, then, yeah, you should definitely control who does what drugs in this country, uh, who gets to, who should have a baby or should not, uh, or should not be able to abort one, who should marry, and just the general way that people express themselves that you find that you find offensive personally. That's great, you know. Be offended, but appreciate what you have. God damn it! I, you know, I don't understand that because. If you're offended, it's almost it, it, there's there's it's almost a positive thing to be offended in certain instances because it, it shows that that we live in a society that is well, at the moment who knows in a couple months who knows in a couple years definitely knows in a couple decades but at the moment we live in a society free enough where people can express something. Without having to worry, like you said, about the government rounding them up or being thrown in prison or being fined out of their fucking mind for the the very act of opening their mouth and expressing an opinion that's unpopular mm-hmm. to the masses. I mean, I've never once said on any subject that I have issue that I take issue with that like, okay, like the whole like okay, perfect example, the transgender thing with the with the pronouns. In Canada, it's now illegal to mis to mislabel someone with their pronouns. You'll yeah. be fined if you can't pay it. You go to jail. I've never said it should be illegal to be transgender. I never said it should be illegal to do anything about any of that. What I'm saying is, it shouldn't be illegal for me to make a mistake and call you a he when you I self identify as a she or an it or a they or whatever the fuck it is these days. Right. What what? Why do we need to involve? The law, police, fines, and in prison over something so fucking petty. If that, if, if, let me tell you something. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a family member whose voice is rather high, and they have been mistaken for a female over the phone. It may annoy that person for a few minutes. They may correct the person a little forcefully. It doesn't ruin their whole fucking day, but that's because that person doesn't walk around going, "I'm I'm disabled because I have a fucking high voice," and people mistake me for the wrong gender over the phone. They're not leading with that. That's not the one issue that defines them. I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous that 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 
we're, we're, we're bookended by people who just want to fucking make more laws and more laws and take away more and more freedom. And they do it, and they don't even... The whole make it illegal to kneel during the national anthem. Do you understand it's illegal to let a flag touch the ground? And do you know what you're supposed to do if a flag touches the ground? You retire it. Do you know what retiring a flag is involved? Uh-oh. Or what's involved in it? Oh, boy. Burning the motherfucker. Yeah. Yes. That's what you're supposed to do with your tattered-ass flag on your pickup truck. As soon as right. those ends fray, you're supposed to retire that flag. How, how yeah, many I'll, people do you see in, 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 in any neighborhood with a flag on their front porch? Here's the deal. If there's not a light shining on it at night, that's technically illegal. Right. You either take it down or you shine a light on it. Boom. And people don't understand. Like... This, this aspect of our, we should of respect for our flag that is the old the the standing and putting your hand on your heart and the national anthem and all this shit. That's the only. That's not even in the. the I don't know what what you call it, the the official rule book of how to handle the flag, whatever it's called. I mean, I've I've seen it. I was in Boy Scouts, right? I had to. Li- at the time, I've forgotten it now, but I read the list of how of all the things that you can and cannot do with the flag and proper presentation of it and all that. And doesn't say anything. Doesn't tie it directly to the national anthem or say that you have to stand or sit or present yourself. It's just clearly about what you do with the flag. And how you take care of it. And <laughs> nobody, nobody pays attention to that shit. Like government buildings, and I think that's about it. And sometimes not even then. So, I mean, look, I don't give a fuck either. But let, let's decide. Do we give a fuck or don't we? Like, just... Thankfully, these aren't laws that regulate our conduct. These are just general guidelines for respect. Respect for a flag that represents a country that you should respect. Okay. And look, I don't argue with respecting the country. I'm not even arguing with respecting the flag. I do respect this country. And... That's why that's why I feel so critical of it. Dissenters are allowed to dissent. Right, and that is part of what makes this country. What you know, I- if this country didn't have differing opinions and open debate and peaceful transition of power, these luxuries that not every country in the world experiences, you know, we would just be another author- author- authoritarian government. Hey, I know it's cliche, but what happened to the... the? I may not like what you say, but I'll defend your right to say it. What happened to that? Yeah. Where'd that go? It goes it's, out the window as soon as you're personally offended. It's on fire. <laughs> In a dumpster somewhere. And see, that's... I don't understand that. I don't understand that. If you fucking... Especially... This is another case of I don't expect anything from. Usually, I ex, I don't expect anything from the right because I'm just like, well, 
you're conservatives, whatever. If you fuck up and accidentally step in some fucking good stuff, I, good on you. But I, I know that it wasn't a plotted out thing for the most part. But I expect better from the left. This is where I expect better from the right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. didn't, you know, if, if uh, how do I put this? I have no problem with full-on communist groups existing, marching, protesting, whatever. I have no problem with, with you know, Antifa marching. I have a problem when, they, when it turns violent and, towards destruct, and it turns destructive. Because it's not that they go, we're so pissed off, we're going to riot and burn down our own neighborhood. No, it's not even a temper tantrum like that. It's, you did, we disagree with you, so we have the right to physically destroy your private property or assault you. And how long is it going to be until someone's dead over this shit? But, you know, to, to, until they get to that point, until they throw a brick through a window or throw a punch at somebody, I support their fucking, go out there and march. I disagree with you, so fuck this Walgreens. You know, go out there and fucking... And, and 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 wave communist flags and wave and 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 wear you know Che Guevara t-shirts and 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 whatever the fuck you want to do. And I don't understand why the right, who is somehow freedom of speech, has been attributed to a right wing ideal in the last I don't know what couple months. That if you're for freedom of speech, that you must be a right-wing hate monger. If, the, if yeah. that's what it is now, then so be it, dude. Fuck that. We, well, no, what, these, uh, I know it's a word we throw around a lot here on this podcast. This is so much... This is the actions of entitled people. Like, you don't know what we... You do not... There's no perspective. You don't understand what we have. Well, they don't even understand what the concept of freedom of speech means. I mean, the protections in the First Amendment protect individuals from when they speak out against the government or say things that the government may disagree with, that they are protected from being detained, questioned, jailed, fined, punished in any way for expressing themselves. The government, right? Not college campuses, not a group of Antifa, not any group of people that are shouting them down. First Amendment does not protect you from any of those people. Not your boss, not your wife or kids, your family. There's still consequences to, to words and ideas that you, that you may have. First Amendment is not protection from the whole world. It's just keeping the government's boot off your neck. But not even our own Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, understands this properly. But, you know, the, oh. re- re- real quick, though, before we get off the, the, the take a knee thing, the biggest thing that pissed me off about that is that both sides jumped into the argument that Trump wanted to have and almost nobody mentions the clear abuse of power, which was the most egregious thing in Trump's speech, in his words. The idea, I, know, I don't think it was in the tweet, but when he later was speaking about it, he said, yes, they should be fired. He is, he is a president. 
using the power of the government to single out individuals, individual citizens, and call for them to be fired. That Aaron, is a I, disgusting I abuse of power. I, tr- I tried to argue that point, and rightfully I got shut down. That's taken that quote, that quote out of context. He never said that they should fire those people. He said, don't you wish that they had the, these owners had the, the guts to say, you're fired, you're fired, get out of here. That's parsing language. No, everybody, it, it, okay. everybody understands what he fucking means. Okay, but we sit here and we talk week in, week out for years now about context and nuance, That's and we can't throw it out, out the context. window. We can't, we can't throw it out the window just because it doesn't fucking serve the point we're trying to make. Okay, he did not. Just like he never said anyone was a son of a bitch. He said, "Don't you wish these owners would say you son of a bitch?" That's the same thing, Rich. That is the exact same thing. Nobody misunderstands him. Here's the bottom line, Aaron. It won't hold up in a court of law, or else he'd be it's charged right court. now. And look, it's not a court. <laughs> You're talking about no. It's against the law for the president or any elected official to tell a private a, a private industry to fire someone. Well, that's look, a law. If, if he broke that law, that, believe he, me, someone would have charged his ass by now. He has broken that law multiple times. This is not even the most egregious case of him breaking that law. I, okay, then here's. I'll give you this. I can't speak to those times because I don't know those times. I know that. That fucking piece of footage I've seen 10 million times because it won't fucking stop playing it, and I do a sports podcast, and I know what he said. I know what he said, too, and okay. his he, he, is very and, clear, it's, and, 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 and believe, that is abuse of power. And believe me, I said, I said exactly this on the, on the sports you when it was All pointed right. out to me. I said, he fucking, that was not any slick part or slickness or or. or Working the system on his part, he just retardedly walked in and fucking Matrix bullet dodged that shit <laughs> yeah. with his fucking language. He just bumbled into saving his own ass because he didn't say directly, hey, Jerry Jones, fire anyone who kneels on your team. He said, don't you wish. And he, we, we can't sit here and, and go, well, we're going to split hairs, and, but we know what he meant. Of course we know what he meant, but what did he say? That's what matters in a court of law yeah. if someone's going to try to charge him with this. Courts well, do look, split hairs. Let's, let's be reasonable here. This is not going to be, even if, this, even if he directly said, I wish that they would fire Colin Kaepernick, that would not be the thing that would take Trump down. And that wouldn't even be the worst thing that Trump has done. I and agree we, with that. So this isn't an issue about the court of law. This is this is an understanding of what the president thinks his power is for. I like to call it misunderstanding. I, I think and, it's I think it's another case of Trump and and doing saying, Trump shit. Okay, yeah, he, he's he's all. not presidential. He's not. He is not a. a how do I put this? Is it's an example it's, of him be abusing his power, clear and simple. Exactly. He doesn't understand what it means to be po- political and, and to be and, and to and, and to use tact and diplomacy when it comes to politics. That's what he is. I mean, this is this is like getting mad at a bear for eating fish. I mean, uh, we know uh, he's an idiot, and he just <laughs> once again proved it. 
All I'm saying I mean, is I, that I'm picking, apart, picking apart the language and <laughs> picking apart the language on this is completely missing the point and really not arguing on the the bigger concept here, which is the general conduct of the person who represents us. No, I and I agree on that. And just like just like when I, I maybe it was Sporge we brought it up, but I said Trump says in public when he knows the cameras are rolling and it's on the record shit that most presidents wait until they think they're off the fu- they're they're off camera and they're off the record to say. Case in point, when Kanye pulled his shit at the Video Music Awards, they were talking to Obama and what did they ask him? That was supposed to be completely off the record, and he said, "Ah, that guy's a jackass." There's no way, but there's no way Obama would have got up there and been like, "And I want to talk about Kanye West, and he's a jackass." There's no way he'd have said that. Trump would, because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Also, I agree with you on that point. Why is he even addressing this shit? It has nothing to do with anything he's trying to get done, except for, I think personally, I can't, I can't pass or repeal Obamacare, and I can't get something else passed. So let's talk about this issue because I never talk about my failures, but this is a winning issue according to my pollsters. More people are pissed off about this than aren't, so I'm going to jump on that side. To to the point directly, though, of the will this hold up in court, it actually would hold up in court. As an example, again, not saying that Trump would ever have to answer for him calling for anybody in the NFL losing their job, but there's been plenty of examples in history of People going to jail for saying things that they wish would happen. It is not protection because it, because everybody understands what your intentions are. Politicians get themselves in trouble. Fucking gangsters get themselves in trouble for saying things that they wish would happen. And simply putting that in front of a, a, a statement is no protection. It's The law looks at what is the meaning, the intention behind it it doesn't diagram a sentence but uh, but the courts they they do parse the language that's the thing that that's no they parse intention they don't parse language you may have to sometimes pick apart language to to get at clear intention but i there when you say Especially when you are in a position of power and you say that you wish something would happen, it is understood by all parties what the true meaning is and can and may as well be taken and could be taken certainly by uh, a jury or a judge as a direct order. Now, a person who doesn't hold any power, who is not in a position of authority, and just says, I wish something would happen, that's kind of a different question. But when your boss says, I wish something would happen, I wish your desk wasn't so messy. I didn't say I was going to fire you for having a messy desk, but I said that I wish it wasn't so messy. I wish it made six figures a year. And I get what you're, Aaron. I, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm I'm just strictly going by what the law said, what they've talked about on sports shows and news shows since he said this shit. And it it, it is not limited to the president; it's elected officials. Basically, yeah. it's a law there to keep them from meddling in private business and who they employ. 
And under that law, he if he if he had clearly broken that law, you're telling me there aren't people in in the government who would be right now campaigning hard as fuck, harder than they campaign to get elected to have him charged under breaking that law. Um, I'm saying that's, that it's that's, not that's happening because it's, it's it's I'm saying the only reason it's not happening is because there's too much other shit going on. I mean, the way that he's <laughs> tried to uh, m- personally manipulate companies, openly shaming companies on Twitter for moving operations overseas or or firing employees, that whole carrier shit. I mean, if there was no solid case on meddling with uh, collusion with Russia for them to look into. It could just as well be his tweets about Carrier or other companies. So the reason why nobody's looking into bringing charges of, of, of abuse of power against the president is because it's really the weakest thing you could throw at him right now and the weakest form of him abusing his power honestly you know to to speak to your point and to basically fucking even though i look we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on 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 what he said and what he intended i understand we all know what he meant like I said, he just retard strength his way into fucking somehow sidestepping. Right, but we're not walking we're into not a political landmine. But we understand I'm, his intention, both the same, and we understand the words that were spoken the same. So I know, but we're it's, not, we're it's not a, disagreeing on that. It's just to me, it's a real dangerous game to start playing. Going, oh, you said this, but you meant this. Because I've never seen that game turn out very well for anybody because you start having to make assumptions about people. And, I, yes, I, I get that Trump has a fucking this – is, this is how stupid this is. I typed in – I typed in – How could you take it any Trump other way? Break, did Trump break the law with his NFL comment? I, I have so many articles on the front page of Google about – his bullshit and contempt for free speech, they have nothing to do about what the comment I was talking about. There's a comment about an NFL, an NFL uh, uh, an ESPN employee made a comment and called him a white supremacist, and et cetera, et cetera, and he commented on that. So there's articles about that. There's articles about what you said about Carrier and about him basically dipping his fucking his fingers into private industries and he's not supposed to as an elected official there's so much you're absolutely right there's so much shit this isn't even on the front page of google and in articles talking about this and i mean you're right i i'm just arguing from the point of the law man i understand what you're saying i agree with you i don't think it's a winning case in a court of law i think it's a fucking long shot to win that case in a court of law that's the reason i think no one's standing up and going i'm going to put my political career on the line to bring this fucker down with this i mean if they thought they had the headshot yeah that's not it if they thought they had the headshot they'd have taken it let's be honest even his own, I'm gonna, I, I don't know, numbers pulling out of my ass. I'm going to guess probably close to half his own party doesn't want him to be president at this point. <laughs> and that's, I think, conservatively low. I just, I'm, I'm trying not to fucking. <laughs> yeah, you don't think Pelosi and McConnell would be like, fucking, let's, yes, let's go, let's get him. I mean, exactly. And go back to normal. 
this is, you know, if, if they thought this was the one-shot kill, they would take it in a heartbeat. It's just, you're right. There's so much bullshit and so much layers of bullshit. And ironically, these layers of bullshit is what seems to protect him because he just keeps adding to them so quick and so fast. You can't, you can't cycle through them and go, okay, wait a minute, I'm worried about this. But he's done 10 million dumber shit since this one thing I'm worried about, and it's just too much on my plate. Think about He's it this way. He's a buffet of bullshit. Think, think about it this way. Um, we've all seen multiple movies, I'm sure, of of police officers going undercover, right? They go deep undercover and get involved in organized crime. And what happens? They see murders happen right the fuck in front of them. Do they fucking whip out the cuffs and go, okay, we got this guy on one case of murder. Let's take him away, and my job's done. No, mostly no. because organized crime and drug and and drug drug rings are set up to where the people at the top never fucking touch the drugs and never commit the murders. They're going to get at at best a high ranking lieutenant. They're, they're trying to build a RICO case of, to get to the top people. They're and then, keeping I'm, their eyes on the prize, and they're keeping their head down until they can get their real job done, which is don't get removing me, the people at the, at top. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's not a group of politicians out there, probably that, that 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 are from both sides of the aisles, that are sitting back and going, put, file that under this, file that under this, because when we do get the kill shot, we're going to throw all this shit at them with it. We're going to bury them fuckers. They're going to go blind on paperwork. Mm-hmm. We're going to have so many fucking things we're going to nail them with. I, now, I, yeah, and, I totally, and that's another I totally reason why, can see that. That's another reason why, you know, I, I can understand the frustration of having this man who clearly seems to be breaking the law almost on a weekly, if not daily basis, and having to continue to do his job while this investigation goes on and we hear almost nothing. But you don't come out with like, oh, we got him on this and that, and we're going to hit him with it. Because you know, you want to you want to be able to say we have like twenty one counts of this or or whatever twenty one different instances of collusion or or abuse of power or or any kind of illegal activity, you know, enough so that there can there's no argument that can even be made, you know, if if the right was able to bring multiple charges at once on Bill Clinton, they could have taken him down. But they found one thing and went hog wild with it because they were so anxious to remove him from office. Exactly. And, they and jumped what, out and way too happened? early on that shit. And what happened? As this whole Monica Lewinsky thing is unraveling, then we start hearing about Jennifer Flowers and everybody else and all this shit that goes all the way back to him as a governor, right? If you guys fucking kept your head down and didn't say shit until you knew all of that information, and then it was like, bam, six cases of rape, bam, seven cases of, of misconduct, you know, a real solid case like that, they could have taken him out of office. And... I think that's what Mueller and others understand. They have to. When they pop up, it's going to be a shotgun blast to the fucking face. It's not going to be 
a single bullet. It's going to be lots of little pellets that's going to take this fucker down. That's just a metaphor. No, yeah, it, death by a thousand cuts versus one, you know, slice to the artery. I got you. Right. If you just go, oh, hey, we found that uh, you had this meeting with Putin and you said this or that. Well, now you got Putin saying that that's bullshit and you got the right saying that's conspiracy. And then you got somebody, you know, covering up for him saying, well, actually, he was with me at that point. And he wasn't even at this meeting. It's the worst episode now of Law and Order ever. And now you're having this, this, yeah. You're going, you're having this stupid argument over the, over this one incident. But when they can lay it, when they can lay it all out, not piece by piece of this is what, what I mean. We get these little bits of information, and it is frustrating. But I truly believe that if there's a case there to be made, the way it's going to be made. Is by putting all these pieces together into one story. That's ultimately what they have to have. It's going to be a hell of a movie. If they want the people's support on removing a president, they have to tell a story. And what happened with Nixon? There's a story that they went on. I mean, they wrote books about it and made movies and TV specials and multiple news stories about there's a story there. Well, even to break it you down know? into maybe into maybe a little bit more of, of uh, a digestible way for people to understand is just stop for a second. If you've seen all of The Sopranos, think about this. From that, that first season was the transfer of power. Mm-hmm. And from that first season on, the FBI was constantly trying to build a case against Tony Soprano. And they were constantly fucking, like you said, turning a blind eye to other crimes. They because saw they all knew kinds of shit go down. They knew in the end they could get him. And that last episode of The Sopranos, one of his captains flipped. And when they were in the diner, he told his wife, Carlo's going to testify. That was them going, we got you. So even if, no matter how you think that show ended, right. basically that, that story arc of the FBI, they finally had enough. They're going to the grand jury. Tony Soprano's going down one way or the other. He's going to end up, just like he said in that first mm-hmm. session with Dr. Melfi, the grave or the penitentiary, one of the right. two. Right, and that's, you know, this whole kind of, if I remember correctly, and I maybe... Maybe I'm I'm remembering too much, but there's that final scene in the diner, and guy gets out of the car in a suit, starts walking towards him, making me play. And you maybe see him kind of going for something in his jacket. Oh no no! It's the guy at the counter in in the members only jacket who gets up and goes to the bathroom, and he comes out and starts walking towards Tony. They cut back to Tony looking up as Meadow walks in, and the screen cuts to black. Right. So that was, I mean, whatever happens there, that little snip, snippet there of this, oh, wait a minute, looks like this, Tony might get shot right here in the fucking restaurant by this, this guy, whoever he is. But th- really, that was just there for, uh, as a replacement for the impending bullet with Tony's name on it that was the FBI's case. And we weren't going to get to see, and they didn't want to show us the trial and his life coming apart and him going to jail 
or all this shit. We weren't going to get to see that because that wasn't the story that was being told. So in lieu of doing... I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Could have done one of those shitty endings like they did on... uh, where they go into the future 20 years and they're like, here's how it all played out. And look, everybody's fine and happy. I know we have to end this show after X amount of years and we're just going to leave you hanging, but don't worry. Like I heard they did that on Will and Grace too, which is weird because they, they just rebooted it. And they, they jumped into the future to show you what, it, what happened instead of leaving you hanging. I'm like, look, either give me a real quote-unquote ending where shit just fucking stops or, you know, do your, like, wrap it all up. But don't, this bullshit of shooting into the future. Anyways, it could have been a lot worse. My, my, my fa- just real quick, my favorite bullshit ending of any show was St. Elsewhere. Oh, yeah, that was the looks, best. It turns out it's a little kid lo- with autism looking at a snow globe, making it all up in his head. <laughs> right. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> Writers are out of ideas. How <laughs> Mandel just, left two well, seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I, I appreciate I under- an ending like that. I, I don't think, like, it's not that we don't know how to end it. It's just like, this is going to end, and there's no good way to do it. That's almost a family guy, like, fucking joke that has nothing to do with the story. I like the end of it. It just comes out the, of left field. The Newhart show, yeah. how it was, a, yeah. it was him having a dream from yeah. his other show. Yeah, and he wakes up right. with his, with his that, wife from the first brilliant. show. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. Um, but no, I mean, I, it, I, 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 now I get where you're you're coming from, uh, uh, clearer with Trump and the whole thing, and I can agree with that wholeheartedly. I really do think there is, uh, I mean, across the aisle support, people to getting together, going, just gather as much bullshit as we can because he's leaving a trail of it, and if we don't collect it and and basically hand it over to people when we feel we've got enough to make a case against them, then it's our own fault at this point. Right. And because he's given us everything we need. That's a tactic I have to do at work. And I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that every time that Trump does something that may be illegal, that we have to get groups of people together and yell, lock them up. You know, I don't think that we should be tearing our hair out in outrage on social media and all over the television saying, this president is abusing his power. But let's have a discussion about it, and let's note this moment. Because it's much more dangerous, even more dangerous than freaking out over every little thing that Trump does. It's much more dangerous to start shrugging it off. For the president to commit crimes and just go, well, that's Trump, man. What do you, what do you want? Like, that, that's him, and... You can't really do anything about it anyways, and you can't prosecute him for this, so like, move on. No, let's have a discussion about it. Let's note it in the book, and then we'll fucking move on. It's not the most important thing that needs to be talked about. But when we start ranking things in, in import, by uh, importance and then throwing out everything at the bottom of the list as not, import, as, as not even worth talking about, then we're dismissing a lot of criminal behavior. Oh, something that would be more clear. That's a shitty video. <laughs> I thought I thought I was getting a standing O. It sounded like a. Well, I was supposed to be <laughs> crowd chanting, "Lock her up." 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> My God, how juvenile is that shit anyway? I know, man. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know what's more juvenile. I, them chanting lock her up almost a year after she lost the election. Or the fact that she's on this book tour fucking blaming everybody but herself, taking no responsibility for her own fucking failure. Not once, but twice. It's 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 well, it's really kind of pathetic at this point. It's yeah, like, like it, it it's like it she's personifying everything that's wrong with the left. Right, but but Hillary holds no power and probably never will again. So I mean, let her have her book tour. Let her make her money. She Bill's, should. Bill's just glad she's, to get Skinner back out of the house. <laughs> let, her, let her have let her have her pity party. She was drinking wine and yelling she's got at her me hard for three months. Support. She's got her hardcore supporters who will never believe that Hillary even had any blame in the fact that she lost the election and left us with Trump. But it's a moot point, you know? I I mean, I would be upset about it if I thought that this was a person who had a shot at being president. Oh no! If I thought Hillary was the answer to make sure that Trump doesn't serve eight years, well, it's gotta be wife I'd be like, hey, bitch, get to work, start putting together a fucking agenda, and start deciding how you're going to win this shit, and stop the fucking crying, and let's, and let's move on. But she's not. She's not, gonna, she's not the one. She's not going to run again. No, she's going to die. She's going to be dead soon, right? Oh come on! <laughs> she's, she's seventy. She's gonna be dead a, soon. A decade-ish. Right? Her live to ninety-one. What do you mean she's gonna be dead soon? Uh, Ten to twenty. She lives. She lives a healthier life than Hefner. I will say this: if she is dumb enough to try to throw her hat in the presidential election ring yet again, I I'm predicting that the Democratic National Committee will Bernie her ass right out of the fucking of the running they cannot afford not to back grandma they cannot afford to back her for a third for a third time grandma's out of the house and she lost her medication right. again no grandma if she had law if she had won against obama and lost against mccain she would have never ran in 2016 that's all there is to it she lost against obama because he cut in line they fucking upheld their promise and said, we're going to give you your shot in 2016. Just fucking lay back in the buckwheat, chill. Lay back in the cut, collect a paycheck for eight years. Bernie come out of nowhere. They completely cut his legs out from under him and propped her up. And she lost against Trump. They would be the stupid to do to fucking back her a third time. Biggest fumble, like, politically probably ever, right? It's, Bill Burr said it right. He said, why the fuck is no one looking at her? Why is everyone going, god damn fucking middle class white men and women electing Trump? Why is no one looking at her going, bitch, you had a fucking clear road to the end zone. Yes. <laughs> Plenty of blockers. And you stumbled at the half yard line, fumbled the ball, and they ran it back to the other end zone. <laughs> I think well, I would argue I'm not good with sports analogies, but I think she is fumbling the ball the whole way because <laughs> just keep it hold, was, trying to hold on to it. It was oh, this oh, hubris. Oh. It was this hubris of assuming that it was in the bag. Talk that when this. Trump came out as the lead candidate for the Republicans, 
that that was indeed a slam dunk. It was that Uh-oh. attitude that <laughs> you can hear that. Is that that's your on. neighborhood in the area. You, <laughs> yeah, live in, yeah, yeah. you live in the worst neighborhood out of all of us now, and I don't, I don't have to worry. That's my car now. <laughs> I live in Livonia. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it, because she believed that it was a cinch, that she was definitely going to be the next president, she didn't have to address the tough issues. She didn't have to try and appeal to, you know, certain minority groups on the left or try and reach across the aisle to the right. She figured her base was set. She didn't need any more people on her side. So she's just going to keep on just saying the same thing. She, she talk, talk, the, We talked about the only show. She forgot about middle-class whitey. The only base that, that she was in touch with was the base of fucking Trump's cock as it got buried in her ass oh, during God. that election. Her ass skipping, not even going to states like Wisconsin and Michigan. That's who elected her husband, man. You dumb Twice. bitch. And anyone anyone yeah. who's still in her corner and thinks that, and, and, and is going to yell out, this is sexism and racism. You are turning more people against you with that shit. Shut the fuck up. And if you're sitting there next to someone who's doing it, shut them the fuck up. <laughs> because they're not helping you. They're making the situation worse. They're throwing gas on a fire. And here's the bitch of it. It's so easy to put the fire out. Just shut up about that and stick to the fucking facts. Trump has given the Democratic Party enough ammo to completely fucking destroy the world with, to turn us into another fucking asteroid belt between Venus and Mars, <laughs> okay? It, it, you don't need all these fucking, all this bullshit and infighting and this 0.02% of people who identify as dragons, are, they're being left out yeah. of the political conversation. Shut the fuck up. Your point zero two percent, right? Okay. Yeah, I would I would argue she she did better in her in debating Barack Obama than she did debating Trump. Oh, which God. is like why? Like, <laughs> wouldn't because she knew she was fighting for her political life with Obama, and right, she thought and she, she had it in the bag with Trump. Let's just right, talk about right. the fact that she's just not likable. Bill's way more likable than she is. Yeah. She seems that's like someone up. that's always like waiting to scold you or something like that. Like that's fucked up that. because I, I bet you Hillary's smarter. I oh yeah yeah she hasn't been caught with her mouth and on <laughs> wrapped around anybody's clit. Right. Like, I mean well, Christ, she's smart enough not to get caught. Well, first of all, like Bill's like she's, I did a, it. she's a human being who has needs, right? And you really think that Bill's fulfilling those needs for the last two three decades? Like, I don't think I'm they sure. fucked since 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 <laughs> <laughs> fulfilled them ever since Chelsea was yeah, conceived. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, you think Bill was hitting that pregnant ass? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, I'm saying that Hillary knows how to find strange, whatever in whatever form it may appeal to her, and nobody hear about it. That's yeah. She's she's more she. 
Here, here's your gender gender normative quote of the podcast. She's more of a man when it comes to that than Bill is. <laughs> She's slicker about the shit. She don't let no feelings get caught up in shit. She's like, there's no retap. This was just a one-time thing. Get the fuck out of here. I'm done with you. I don't you. know, though. You know, Please if we're going to talk, talk about infidelity, I think in there will most, be no in most cases... In most cases where infidelity uh, is discovered in a relationship, if it's the man, it's because he fucked up. And if it's the woman, it's because she confessed out of guilt. Uh, yeah, but serial cheaters. Broad, gen- broad generalizations, but. Well, most serial cheaters I know that are men get away with it because they don't, they're, they're slick about it. They don't fuck anyone at work. They fuck away from the circle of friends. Most guys who are dumb and get caught are Bill Clinton. They're just like, hi, you're in my office. Here's my penis. You know, it's just, it's just dumb. It's just dumb shit. Women, when women, we're just talking about fucking, by the way. We're not talking about an an affair. Women will carry out an affair and then confess, but they've already got their escape plan. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, like by the time you find out, (laughs) they're on they're on step seven. You're on step one. You're going, what the fuck do I do now? They already know where they're going to live. You know, guys are just, they get caught and they're like, oh, fuck, she, she right. smelled my underwear and smelled sex on it. Fuck, I'm I got, screwed. I don't have a plan here. I got bad news and I got good news. Bad news, I've been cheating on you. Good news, I'm breaking up with you, so it doesn't really matter anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. Just like I've been in relationships with women, what I thought for, was for three months, and then I found out later that we'd been dating for six months. <laughs> I've been out of relationships with women as of that day, but then I find out later I've actually been out of that relationship for six months. So oh. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the funny thing is, you know, <laughs> every guy has got the relationship where, you know, there's some kind of weird circumstances around. It's not. It's not like you met a woman when she was single, or there was some clear break. Where you're like, yeah, call me when you, you know, when you break up with your boyfriend. It's a lot of situations where there's some overlap, but yet every guy who gets himself into that situation thinks that he's unique, and that the tail end of that relationship when it ends isn't gonna is not going to look exactly the same as the tail end of this relationship that you just saw her leave. Been there, done that. <laughs> like. Th- Hey, you know what? Though we shouldn't we shouldn't be talking about sex so much without bringing up the fact that Hugh Hefner passed away this week. That misogynist at the age of ninety one. My boner was at half mass today. Sure many stock, of Vi- stock of Viagra has plummeted. Yeah. Um, how many of our, how many first boners were brought on by Playboy magazine? <laughs> Um, Mark Dice, one of the uh, one of the right wingers that I follow on Twitter for yucks, says liberals will probably attack Hugh Hefner for promoting the quote cisgender heteronormative able-bodied white privileged patriarchal hegemony. And that probably like, started what two hours after he died. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Mark Dice, you're not wrong, but also that's just lazy tweeting. To say liberals will probably say this. Look, go find the example, screenshot it, and post it like everybody else does, okay? 
<laughs> well, I learned I learned a new word today in connection with his death, which was heteropatriarchy. Heteropatriarchal. Is that yeah. how? Yes. And I was like, oh. Right. So the patriarchy so, is now exclusively heterosexual as well. I've heard that right. before. Because you thought that yeah, patriarchies um, were... What, what, did you, what did you say when the <laughs> wife told you that word, Chris? <laughs> I just nodded. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Hey. She, she, she knows what she's talking about. Hey. Like, she got a piece of paper that says so. Isn't that just kind of piling on? Does anyone think that... that <laughs> A patriarchy would be accepting to gays. <laughs> if you're already in the belief that men should rule, I mean, I'm just gonna say know. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I've had a few gay friends who they. This is my interpretation of them. I've never asked them, probably because I'm afraid of their answer a little bit. But they seem like since they have no need of women. Period. That they don't really give a shit about women. Period. <laughs> and I'm just like, I thought there would be some sort of solidarity there, but apparently it's like, no, nah, I don't need a fag hag, bitch. Fuck off. You know, and I'm like, damn. All right. Well, here's what's interesting to me is because I thought that we had already gone through that. We, we were already into neo-feminism where... A woman can be empowered and show her body if that's what she chooses to do. And Isn't that what sex positive means? Yeah. And there are plenty of examples out there all over the internet, weird magazines, where you can find examples of people who probably, you know, I'm not saying they were forced into it, but, you know, maybe didn't have a whole lot of other options and... You know, or maybe convinced by someone close to them to, you know, be in a video or pose or something like that. There's plenty of examples. Playboy is one of the few that is not oppressive to women, that women were fighting to get into that fucking magazine. And nobody had to come to anyone all sleazy. Nobody had to, you know, nobody approached a potential playmate and was like, I'm going to make you a movie star. All you got to do is take your top off. Just trust me. And Now arch your butt and point yeah. your tongue. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this shit happens, but Hef isn't your man. He is not the guy. No, the, I he, remember... I don't understand. What, what makes him a misogynist? The fact that he had multiple wives or girlfriends or whatever at the same time? Well, I mean, can I, let me ask you guys a question. I don't care if consenting adults are in a relationship like that and it's a guy with multiple girlfriends or uh, a woman with multiple boyfriends. I don't, I don't see that as, as problematic I don't see that as sexist or or whatever the or misogynistic and whatever the uh, term is for the opposite of that. That's if everyone's cool with that and everyone's fine with it. Who gives a shit? Who is who? Who the fuck is anybody to go? Oh, you guys all agree that this is what is working for you. How dare you do this? Right. Now legally, they can't all be married, and it's. I mean, that's, that's a can of worms I don't even want to open, but 
Well, if you're just if you're just in a in a what is it po- polymorphous poly polymorphous yeah yeah polyamorous 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 thank you <laughs> yeah it, to me it doesn't matter if it's one one female and a bunch of guys one guy a bunch of females two females and two guys it it doesn't matter it, yeah. I don't I don't see it as a sexist thing and for people who supposedly are sex positive to attack him. For basically, I mean, let's be honest, if he was a gay man with three other gay men in that type of relationship, they would be standing up and applauding for it. Right. But because he has three women, all of a sudden it's a problem. No, your hypocrisy is the problem. Hypocrisy, thy name is you. I mean, it's, it's, the, only, it's the only conclusion I can come to in this. And because if you remember in the 2000s when Playboy was struggling against Maxim and stuff and all that shit, they started going after, like, name people to put in a magazine, not just, like, you know, your models. Like, yeah. they started getting, <clears throat> they got, what, Tiffany, they got Stacey Dash, Rachel Gibson. Hunter. You know, was Debbie Gibson in it? I didn't want to say for sure, but I, I think, I thought she was. Yeah, she was uh, Deborah Gibson, I believe. And, I mean, they were, there was, like, you know, four or five million dollars for these fucking layouts that was being paid. I don't, if, if a sex worker is a sex positive person in these people's minds, how the fuck is a woman getting paid $5 million for a four page spread? Not a, not a positive thing. Right. She's not being used. It's not like it's, it's upskirt photos, you know, that then being put on the internet. It's not revenge porn. Yeah. yeah and I didn't hear any stories about, like Hugh Hefner being anything like Usher, you know he was—he didn't keep women locked up. Oh, you mean you mean Usher, or do you mean R. Kelly? I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Usher. Usher I'm, just uh, goes around I'm just giving people herpes. White yeah. racist <laughs> guy who doesn't really follow R and B, and it's an honest mistake. I'm sorry. It no, is funny because yeah, R. I Kelly. Did, I, I did see a meme that tried to compare. It said R. Kelly's 49, he has a 19-year-old girlfriend, and everyone says that's disgusting. Hugh Hefner was 91, and he had a 19-year-old girlfriend. Everyone said that was cool. And I'm like, who is, first of all, who's everyone? And Hugh didn't keep him <laughs> locked up. Uh, and on top of that, Hugh probably, I guarantee you, is no matter what in what Playboy Mansion club or whatever they're at, was checking IDs. R. Kelly, obviously his security can't spot fake IDs very well. That motherfucker's been known to have been humping underage ass for a long time. So, right. I mean, to, to try to draw a, a correlation between the two, because you want to jump on the fucking... Just, if you hate Hugh Hefner, just say you hate Hugh Hefner. Right. Don't try to defend R. Kelly in the process, because he's a fucking piece of shit pedophile right. who pisses on, on underage girls. Come on, now. Well, it's... <laughs> It's selective hate for attention, is what it is. You know, here, here's an example. You know, chicks love, and this, here's another generalization for you. Chicks love Rick and Morty. I promise you this is going somewhere. All right. This is, you know, it's funny. Rick and Morty is a, 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 an interesting show because everyone takes something different away from it. Um, there was some nerd going off online about how uh, that it's a brilliant show that that most people don't even get because you have to have at least some kind of background in 
in like particle physics or something to understand all the jokes and uh you know and, and that's fine like i people attach themselves Rick to art and, Morty, and they and they that feel show? and they feel uh yeah, the, the the one where the guy's drunk all the time and burps in every other word. The one where he goes, shit on the floor. Right, that show? Right. right. Part, particle yeah. physics? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, oh, you're missing half the show, apparently, Chris, yeah. because you don't, you're, you don't have a scientific background. <laughs> yeah. You're only getting the fart jokes. That's the problem. Uh, no. The one, the, it, regardless, though. Get your shit together. <laughs> that one? Yeah. That's particle so, physics. So this show, though, that seems to you know you figure a lot of these crude cartoon shows tend to generally appeal to male audiences right but there are ones that tra- there are shows that transcend that south park is a perfect example of that and i think rick and morty is another where it does appeal equally to men and women and i've seen plenty of women going off online about how brilliant rick and morty is episode 2 weeks ago Ends with uh, it was like this mishmash clip show where uh, both Rick and Morty get drugged and have their memories replaced at the end of it and wake up on the couch and in the middle of a, a TV show that they were watching and Summer who had saved them the the sister to Rick and granddaughter I mean the granddaughter of Rick and sister to Morty. Uh, was responsible for saving their asses in this episode is sitting on the chair with them when they wake up. And they immediately snap out of it and go, what the hell, Summer? You dumb bitch. You let us fall asleep in the middle of house hunters? What What the hell, Summer? Both of them are, yeah, you stupid bitch. What the hell? <laughs> like, call, like in, in 20 seconds, called her a bitch like six or seven times, each one of them. And she's just rolling her eyes at him. Okay. Nobody had anything to say about that horrible episode of Rick and Morty, that horrible sexist show, because you're in on that joke. It's okay. But, you know, you're not in on the you after thing. That was your mom and dad's generation or even your grandparents' generation. That's got nothing to do with you, so that guy must be some sexist freak. Awesome you don't even know anything generation. about this guy's life. Like, just shut the fuck up. Hey, you uh, know, if you if you got if you had a hard on for Hugh Hafner for the last twenty years, and your last you know two years worth of tweets is nothing but slamming this guy, okay, have a party then. Tweet out about how you're glad he's dead because he's a sexist asshole. We would expect nothing less from you. But you just popping off about some guy who you never would have talked about otherwise is just bullshit attention seeking so shut the fuck up don't comment on it well can't we i mean nobody it, needs to hear from you about why you don't care about why somebody di- how somebody died th- this is this is part of the problem with the I, I guess they've been named generation z i guess i'll go with that until i hear something more <laughs> the generation after the millennials, and I would say the younger millennial generation, is that the, once again, context is completely lost on them. They try to hold people to today's standards and standards they feel are valid and judge them, and they, they don't realize that 
there are people who are of their time. When Playboy come out, there was nothing like that. I mean, you there was no newsstands full of, you know, hustler penthouse uh, stuff. Right. None of that shit. It was you know, this, it was essentially underground. And when you have anything that exists in the in an underground economy, then you have a high potential for abuse. Exactly, and Hugh Hefner brought it out from organized crime, mm-hmm. the streets, put it into the corporate board off boardrooms, and basically gave it le- legitimacy and made it safer for everybody involved. And that's, I think, is what's lost in a lot of the conversations I'm seeing with people younger than us who are debating or arguing right. or posting back and forth because they. They are <laughs> buckle buckle in millennials and Gen Z. You're so privileged that you grew up in a world where it is safe like this. Okay, this isn't you know underground a, a, a sex slave being forced yep. to take these pictures. Get the hot take All for right. the day, Rich. All right, <laughs> that you don't understand what it was like in the '40s, '30s, and '20s. I mean, yes, is are there are there forced sex workers these days? Yes, there is. Yeah. But I guarantee you going to the newsstands, looking at magazines that are on your everyday newsstands, bookstores if you can find one, whatever. Those aren't the people that are being exploited. Those aren't the people that are being forced into it. Right. These are people who are who are now if you want to look down on it because they're making money and they're being capitalist, I can't whatever. You're a lost cause at that point. I'm not going to argue with you on that point. Right. But that's the only point you have to argue. You can't argue they're being forced into it. This is, they're being tricked by the patriarchy. This is not that. I mean, it's, uh, it's just another case of, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, uh, apparently the stance is that there just shouldn't be pornographic magazines or porn at all. That it's all just bad because it's because how many, it, how because it's porn. Because wait a minute, if Playboy magazine is bad, all porn is bad. Have, I mean, have they heard of porn? Some maybe they're gonna lose their shit if they, they see that. I don't know. Maybe just your your suicide girl shit would be acceptable because you know it's empowered females and it's always female photographers and everything and but <laughs> I mean if you if you think that what Hugh Hefner was doing with Playboy was sexist and misogynist then you just think that porn plain and simple is sexist and misogynist all of it guys guys we are all old enough to remember and, that this was used to be the rallying cry of the right and it is completely flipped and is now the rallying cry of the left. Yeah. I just, it, it's at some point we, we just stepped through the fucking mirror and it in, entered bizarro world. <laughs> and I, I don't get it. I don't, well, yeah. when I was I, younger, it was always the left fighting for the right for Playboy. Alec Isaacman got up there and, and defended, uh, uh, shit. Dude who came up a hustler. Uh, Larry, Larry Flint. Larry Flint. Got yep. there and defended Larry Flint in front of the Supreme Court and said, 
you don't have to like what Larry Flint does. I don't like what Larry Flint does, but I recognize his constitutional right to put this out. Mm -hmm. He's not breaking any laws. And the Supreme Court ruled in his favor. I mean, it... it, it, I can't... It blows my mind that we're sitting here and it's like, does no one give a shit that, like... Not only did he legitimize and bring it up, like you said, out from the, the underground and the criminal element, but that it set the fucking stage for a lot of things that we have, a lot of people to be able to come out and say, I'm going to create art. It's going to push buttons, whether it be a movie, music, a book. Yeah. It's know, a big part I mean, of the sexual yes. revolution. That's what people yes. are they're getting, it's again lost here too. Do you think women would have been calling and fighting for female birth control as hard as they, as, as they were in the 60s if he didn't help kick off the sexual revolution and bring sex to the to adults and say, let's talk about it and deal with it yeah. like adults and not like a bunch of fucking frightened uh, uh, cavemen who every time it thunders outside, God's angry with us. We, we all do this. Let's not be coy. <laughs> you, I mean, you, know? you want to make, you you make an argument at Bob Guccione Jr. and Larry Flint you know, they're tasteless. And then, I mean, you got, like, Screw Magazine. And, and, and I mean, you got some shit out there that I'm like, I I feel like the FBI is going to kick open my door when I've looked at those magazines any second. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not Playboy. And I think it's getting painted with that broad brush by people who, just like you said, Aaron, have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. None whatsoever. Right. How many years did Playboy not even show Vagina. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, it was essentially nude women, they and you saw boobs for the last couple of years. You saw bush, and you saw boobs, and you saw butt, and then yeah, yeah, they tried to go the we're not going to show any nudity route, and people were like, "Why the fuck would we read your magazine then?" Oh, oh, have a pie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's well, it, you know, you say that, and that is the common joke of, "Oh no, I read it for the articles." I've read fucking Playboy articles. No, their interviews they, are really good. If you go back and look at some of the people they've interviewed, they go in, in depth in their interviews. But it's, but they're, like, they're great interviews in there, and it's like they have the the boobs in their mission. Also, a great supporter of short fiction. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of stuff that was out there, you know, there were a lot of writers that got their break from getting a short story. Into uh, into Playboy magazine. I remember getting in trouble because uh, my mom found a Playboy magazine, and she got all pissed. And you're too young. You just want to jerk off to this shit. And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, but it also has a story by Stephen King in it. So, and then she was like, oh, so you're going to tell me you read it for the articles? And I'm like, I read that story. If I happen to jerk off too, it's just an ancillary benefit. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I read the story. That's. Do you see any other Playboys in here? No. So, mom, take her. Yeah. She did not find what was under the Playboy. <laughs> Real quick, uh, I was I was out of town and we had to move, and so my mom called her boyfriend at the time to help her, and. He was in charge of packing up my room. He came to me after I came back in town and, and we'd moved. And he goes, I got to tell you something, man. I'm like, and I'm like 15, 16. I'm like, well, I was like 14, 15. He goes, you got better porn than I do. Shit. I'm kind of <laughs> jealous. 
He's like, I was kind of wanting to swipe that. I was like, this is some good stuff. <laughs> Just a quick Google search. Uh, top hit was from top10s.net. Of top 10 authors that were published in Playboy magazine, Joseph Heller, Roald Dahl, Ian Fleming. This list of misogynists. Uh, I have to confess ignorance on this one. Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Margaret Atwood, Haruki Marakami, Norman Mailer, Ray Bradbury, Jack Kerouac, and my number one personal favorite author, Mr. Kurt Vonnegut. Just a bunch of known misogynists. Just who's, it's a who's uh, who. If you've seen, well, if you've read or even seen the interesting adaptation of uh, Breakfast of Champions... The lead character is a pretty much autobiographical character that talks about writing these fantastical stories that he gets that he can only get published in pornographic magazines. Nobody else will publish his shit. So, and I think that speaks to other things that you know outside of Hugh Hefner and naked women and multiple wives. The in the grotto, the culture that he set, you know, and okay, yeah, part of that culture was dressing women up in bunny suits, you know. Um, from what I hear, they tend to get paid pretty well and have a good time overall, and usually find themselves a nice husband. Whatever, it's not an abusive situation, but also there was. There was the dignity, right? He was a refined man. He wasn't Larry Flint. Like, Larry Flint... And I'm not saying that, like, one of these guys is better than the other, either. But Larry Flint was, like, flaunted uh, flaunted it all, you know? He wouldn't... He would talk openly about sex in ways that Hugh Hefner wouldn't. It just... You know, you could print it in a magazine that you would read and maybe share with your friends or something, but, you know, he didn't talk about how much pussy he's getting in the middle of a party. He just, everybody knew that Hef was getting pussy. He didn't have to talk about it. There were other things to talk about. Dude, what if it comes out? Music and art and writing and and fine cigars and, and all this shit. How could that possibly. How could that possibly come out? What it like to say? What if it was all a ruse, and he paid all these chicks to keep quiet? I'm just saying. Is there Hugh Hefner sex tape? Do we have proof? I'm just saying that would just blow everybody's mind. I I don't even see how that could be possible. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? You know, I, I, one of the things that I think it, it also is lost here is that. The there's a it's 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 a pretty well known fact that if you went to the Playboy Mansion, no matter if you were a celebrity or not, and you walked in there, and no matter how big of a celebrity you were or how D list of a celebrity that somehow got in, if you treated any of the employees, any of the the, the women that were there, mm-hmm. any of the guests that were there, like shit. They would show you the curb enthusiastically and throw a lifetime ban on your ass oh, in yeah. a heartbeat. There's plenty of people that you know 
Was it? Didn't Johnny this, Drama have a lifetime ban? I was going to say it's so much. This is this is such a well known fact. They did a whole Entourage episode about it. Oh yeah, and that's no that's no bullshit. That is that is the truth. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like, you know, some sort of fucking Caligula shit where people, it was like, come here, I'm going to fuck you, and whether you want it or not is irrelevant. This was yeah. this was a, this was consenting adults, getting together, partying, and I'm sure there was a lot of sex, but I'm also sure that there was people that probably didn't even get, or left that didn't get laid. It, it's just... Right. It, but that's just me, disgusting, this is, this is the, macho, you know, retro... Bullshit, man. And fucking eyes wide shut is a piece of art. That is brilliant. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, it, it subjugates like every woman in the film. Oh, and David Lynch. Let's not talk about how horribly women are portrayed in every single fucking David Lynch project because that's art. But you know, half is just a pig. It's. It, it really goes back to there is a segment of the left that it seems like the only sex that is that gets their their stamp of approval is lesbian gay sex and i guess female dominant sex to where the men are submissive I mean, I've read articles on on like the 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 BDSM in in the feminist community, and it's more of the radical feminist. And I'm just like, this is porn. And I've looked up some of the videos and watched some of the clips online, and I'm like, this is this is porn that if it was reversed, it would rightfully be called torture. I mean, you know, women with high heels stepping on guys' fucking balls that are fucking. Like a, like a pig's balls, you know they got rubber bands around, and and kicking them in it and shit, and burning them with cigarettes and all this shit. And I'm like, how the fuck, how the fuck do you look at this and rationalize this? But then if a, if a guy smacks a chick's ass in a regular, just boring old vivid porn video, that that's horrible mistreatment of women and that's rape. Yeah. I mean, what are you gonna what are you gonna say? The guys consented to it. How the fuck do you know the women didn't consent to it? You're, you're you're making the assumption these guys consented to it. This this kind of reminds me of um, the most recent reason why Betsy DeVos was in the news. This week it was because of her basically uh, the guidelines for handling cases of sexual abuse on campus that were put in place. I believe this was under Obama. That um, she was trying to roll all that back and getting widely criticized for it. And, you know, Betsy DeVos is kind of a weird creature. Like, I, I don't like her. And I don't think that she has good ideas on on how to run schools. But I also understand that She's not a bad person. She's really not. Like, she's a better person than I am. She's actually a better person than most people I know. If you... Like, again, I don't personally like her and I don't agree with her on other things, but I haven't taken... I haven't, like, practically adopted 
multiple kids from the inner city and paid for their private education and basically take on kids as like in, like in a mentor relationship. This isn't just like, you know, rich grandma comes into town and starts tossing around some money and you get an education, you get an education. No, she's, she's openly taking part in helping raising these kids who are, are in situations of need. So she's a better person than most people I know. And this idea that, that she wants to roll back these regulations on how campus handles sexual abuse or, or assault, rather, uh, accusations because, because what? She's pro-rape? Yes. Because she feels sorry for these jocks who are getting caught. Yep. She wants to see more rapes that, on college campuses. That's like, her MO. The fact is that this is a touchy situation. And certainly, and I, I'm not an apologist for men or women in these situations. They can both be victims, sometimes at the same time. And it's not always cut and dry. And when you have these strict regulations where like, hey, you know, uh, if, if a girl says that she felt like she was sexually abused, well then, we've got to get the cops involved. This has got to go down on this kid's record. You know, some of the cases that there was a female professor that was being interviewed on NPR, and she was describing cases that she personally has handled where it was... Well, the best example I remember her using was uh, a long-term couple. You know, somebody who has been in a relationship for, let's say, over a year. And the man kisses the woman on the back of the neck while they are in bed together, right? But it was an unwelcome advance. It was therefore considered sexual assault. And so now this guy, because his girlfriend doesn't love him anymore, has to talk to the police about it. Maybe it goes on record. Maybe he actually gets charged with it if she sees it through. And now he's got that on his record. What kind of fucking job is this guy going to get? So, I'm not saying that these are the majority of the cases. We're going to Trump administration. But these are things that you have to understand. They, these, are th- these are things that you have to consider. You know, there are examples of cases of people being accused of sexual assault where you can sit them down with the counselor or maybe separately and talk things through and, and have a better understanding of the situation help them through this. Maybe you just need to break up with him. Maybe you need to stop getting drunk at parties and, and coming on to men. Maybe there's some... It, again, I know this sounds like I'm blaming William. Like, oh, Why you know, wear that she, dress? She would, yeah, exactly. This is not a... Shouldn't be wearing that dress. It's about awareness of situations that you're putting yourself into. What? Because then... No, well, now right. you're bringing the nasty... Or... Personal coming, responsibility into it. Right. Coming to, terms, coming to terms with your relationship with other people rather than immediately every time you feel icky when somebody touches you that that's sexual assault 
you know what? I got the solution Maybe for this. Maybe you used to like them, and now you don't anymore, and you just need to leave. I got the solution for this, and it solves a lot of problems. One, it obliterates heteronormative gender stereotypes. And two, it gives women all the power. And this is the solution. Ladies, we no longer chase you. We no longer pursue you. We no longer make the first move. It's on you, bitches. Now, you get to grow up, and you get to awkwardly approach us, and we get to go, ew, no, and laugh in your face and humiliate you. Now, we get to decide after we fucking smash that pussy the next morning that we didn't want, we kind of regret it, so it's regret rape, so you go to prison. Okay? On dating sites, men can't contact you first. You have to make the first move. I'm going to tell you what, this shit would stop within half a decade because women, for the most part, can't handle the type of rejection they would get. They don't know how to deal with it. And what they need to do is learn how to deal with it. Okay, but I don't think that men deal with it any better. (laughs) Fine. Then you know what? Since we're so horrible at it, we don't get to do it no more. (laughs) <laughs> we just get to reject because we can't handle rejection. You won, women. Are you happy now? Right. No, they're, they're not. feeling powerless. Why? Be more slutty. Why? They're not <laughs> happy. Why? Because these people are never happy. These type of women are going to bitch no matter what. If they were right. in power, they would bitch that, oh, my God, why do I have to go find the guy? Why do I have to buy him a drink? Why do I got to buy him dinner? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, guess what, sweetheart? That's what we've been doing since fucking recorded history. Guess what? You get to do it now. I'm right. tired of this shit. And I'm tired of hearing about fucking if a guy comes on to you, makes a pass at you, and you don't like it, and he goes, I'm sorry, or worse yet, you're dating a guy, he makes, he goes in for the kiss, and you, re- and you, you give him the cheek, you know, the cheek to kiss, and he's like, I'm sorry, I got my vibes mixed up. That there's some cunt waiting in the bushes to come pop out and go, that's rape. That's sexual assault. No, that was a guy who made an awkward fucking move. You know what's sexual assault? If he keeps going. That's sexual assault. Yeah. And right. let me tell you something. The large majority of men don't keep going. They're so fucking horrified and embarrassed. They want to run home and hide under the fucking sheets because they fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Masturbate to the sex they're not going to be having with you. Welcome, welcome to the real world right. of men, ladies. Not this right. fantasy that you fucking have built in your head that somehow we just walk around slinging dick into any fucking wet slit we can find. That's not how most guys are. Most guys are awkward, are self conscious, right. just as just as much as you, or worse. Hey, you approach a woman like uh, you know a dog you don't know. <laughs> Like, <laughs> let her smell your hand first. <laughs> hey, you like the smell of that hand? Okay, I'll turn it over. You like that? Okay, all right. right. Yeah. You, just, you don't just, just touch like, your ears real quick. <laughs> that, that dog's cute, and flip him over and start patting his belly. Yeah, or a cat, or any animal. Well, a cat, you'll pull back a stump most of the time. Cats yeah. will be like, okay, cats will be like, pet me. Now I'm done, but I'm not going to let you know. By walking away, I'm going to maim you for yeah. daring to touch me. You know, another thing about this, though, is that the I, there's no such thing in any situation as unlimited resources. 
right? So if you want resources to tackle a problem and you understand that a pro- that sexual abuse is a problem, right? I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm not saying that it needs to not be regulated because it's not happening. It is happening. And all this bullshit is taking away from the proper resources that should be applied to getting the sexual predators off the fucking campus. All this crying wolf over, you know, which basically to me, it's, it's females that don't want to take responsibility for whatever, for their actions, for their feelings, for their situations. It's, it's, Aaron, it's more than that. It's, it's also, they get, they get, they feel empowered and they get off on emasculating men by taking, by going, if you walk up to a woman and go, if if you walk up to a woman and go, hey, you know, you you look beautiful. Oh my God, it's sexual harassment. Oh my God, get away from me. You creep, you creeper. Oh my God, blah, 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 blah. And they shame you into fucking slinking away like you're some fucking 60 year old weirdo in a trench coat flashing people at the fucking park. When sexual assault is code for ugly. I mean, it's like the it's like the old Saturday Night Live bit when Tom Brady hosted it. Yeah, you know he, you know they have Fred Armisen walks up to 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 Amy Poehler and he's like, "Hi, how you doing today?" And she's like, "Ugh, God, get away from me!" No, that's not how you approach a woman. And then Tom Brady walks up in his underwear and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And grabs her breast and she's like, "Oh, this is how you approach a woman. Be attractive." Yeah. Right. How do you not how when to not approach a woman when you're ugly? Approach a woman when you're attractive. I mean, that's basically... Right. So these are don't, these are bullshit issues that your counselors should be dealing with and not getting the police involved in, in investigating every one of these allegations. I, I just... I, but Save it's, the it's, police it's, for when you got the guy who doesn't know when to take no for an answer. Exactly. Who is, who is going to parties... And looking for the chicks with vulnerabilities. Exactly. Who likes, the, who likes the chick with the nice rack but a little bit of a walleye because she's sure to go down on him. Just got to get enough dr- drinks in her and no one will be even, you know, music's so loud, who knows if she's saying no. You know, I can't count how many times I've been at parties and a girl who is apparently single. Because I, I mean, I I don't know all of them personally. I don't know what their situation is. They arrived with a with a couple other girls. There was no guys with them, and they're not acting like they're in a relationship at the party. They get drunk, and everybody takes care of them. Like these 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 after school special horror stories are the exception. They're not the rule. Problem is, you got a whole fucking uh, you you have a whole industry in colleges telling. All the people walking through their doors that sexual assault is the norm and people taking care of somebody that's drunk and making sure nothing happens to them is not the norm. And if that's the case, then I got to put this on your generation, millennials and Gen Z, because Gen X, you know what we did? We made sure that no one fucked with them. We actually set up people to watch the room they were in, make sure no one went in there and did anything. I had that friend who, you know... The friend that got really kissy with everybody when she got drunk, and every once in a while, I'd have to go and I'd see her, you know, some guys got her by the arm and they look like they're going to leave, and I'm like, nope, sorry, nope, she's with me, move on. Yeah. I mean, if, if I, I can't count how many times I've been at parties 
and me or my friends have been, you know, holding some chick's hair back while she's puking, getting her a glass of water, getting her a cool rag. Do you do you have a ride home? Who did you come with? Are your people here? Did they leave? Can who's going to take her home? Who's sober enough to drive? Who do we trust to take her home? No, I don't know you, so you can get the fuck out of this conversation. All right? You ain't her friend. You didn't meet her before tonight. I don't know you and your intentions. Kick rocks, motherfucker. All right? right. Now, back to who's going to take her home. That is the norm. That is what happens most of the time. Yet, you, you if you listen to this bullshit, and it's college is pushing this bullshit, because... I, I, what, I'm not, I can't go down that road because it's another I'll get off on another rant but I mean why colleges don't go you know here here's what you do when your friend gets too drunk remove them from the situation be aware of your surroundings don't Buddy just up. go to a party exactly don't just go to a party get drunk and then separate keep tabs on each other mm-hmm. I have friends that are guys who we go to a part we go to parties and we don't know most of the people at that party and it's just something the vibe just isn't right. We're never without a fucking we're we're never farther than we'll be able to look across the room at each other because we don't know if shit's gonna pop off. Mm-hmm. And if shit we, does start to pop off, we want to make sure one of us goes to the other and goes, you know, time to go. Right. But uh Rich, I was uh illuminated on this issue actually this week. So it's uh, another story that I, I heard on NPR, a specific show, I believe. I can't remember. But there was, okay, so a woman did an a in-depth study, all these interviews on what she referred to as hookup culture on campuses. And when I first heard that, I rolled my eyes and said, here we go, here's another millennials are ruining dating story, right? But it wasn't. And it kind of laid out, you know, behavior that I think we've all experienced. And it's not exclusive to just campuses, but it seems to be intensified in those environments. You know, she described girls going to uh, a party together, right? And one girl would decide that, you know, she needs to hook up that night, so she would go and put her put in. Oh wait, let me finish the story though. She put, goes puts herself in the middle of the dance floor, and dances right, and waits for a man to approach her. And usually that's done from behind. And when the man approaches her, the female does not look over her shoulder to see who it is that has approached him, or approached her. She looks in front of her to her friends and can judge by their reaction whether she's got somebody that's worth hooking up with or not. Right. Do they even realize now, they have that power? Now, that was just one example, but, you know, and I think this is, I don't know. I've never hung out with or or known girls like that, but I know that there are girls like that. Where, where, you know, it's, it's certainly, it's a social status thing about who you're hooking up with. So, my point though, it's kind of a long way to get to it, but I'm wrapping it up, is that when you have that kind of culture of how, of sex and sexual actions being being a power play in your 
inside your peer groups, when that shit goes wrong and you make the wrong move of like, oh God, I I fooled around with that guy and now no one's talking to me because it turns out he had a girlfriend or, um, you know, or he just wasn't as pretty as I thought he was or something, or you know? You know, you fuck somebody and now you got an enemy for it, you know? High school shit. When that shit happens, it's very easy and does happen where the girl can just say, oh, well, he raped me. Well, that's what happened. No, I didn't hook up with him. Well, I got drunk with him and then grinded my ass against his erect penis on the dance floor and then went with him to the room. But... You know, once I told him that I wasn't interested in having sex, he just kept pushing. Maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. Only two people there to know for sure. See, I don't even think there is a comedian that. in Philadelphia who could use you on his legal defense team, Aaron. Is that who? <laughs> Bill Cosby. Oh no! I, I, I'm gonna. I'm, no, let me, all, let all me I'm just... saying is, is that is that when you make that when you hook up with the wrong person and it's a bad political move. The char- the a charge of sexual assault is an es- an escape hatch from that. See, I, I don't think it's necessarily them. I'm trying to think of how to word this because I don't want to name names. I uh-huh. I've seen this I've seen this multiple times. Okay, within my group of friends that I've had for over 20 years, and it's never been a full on accusation of rape. It always goes up right. to it always goes up to well, I really didn't want to, but he was so persistent, I just did. Yeah, and it, and basically they'd feel more embarrassed to have to say no. It, it, and, and basically, it's a way of going, which isn't right. It's a way of going. I, I just I, I just gave in. All right, I just said fuck it. If I let him fuck me, he'll go away. Now, I've always landed on the side of. That's fucking disgusting. That's just how I feel. If it's if kinda, if it's kind of sad. I mean, if, if I've that's, had, I've if had that's a petty guy, fuck if, before, and they're not fun. If that's how a guy has to get laid, that's a sad fucking excuse for a human being. Period. Now, yeah. I've noticed that there's been a lot more situations where it's both parties are drunk, they hook up. Yep. The next day, everybody wakes up, goes their separate ways, Whoops. and then two, three weeks later, you start hearing through the grapevine in the group that maybe this person wanted it a little bit less than this person, and right. then there's you get cheerleaders on both sides who start saying, well, that bitch wasn't nothing, she's just a hoe, and he raped her, and blah, blah, no. blah, and those let- people get into it more than the two people who actually fucked. Let me, let me role play this for you real quick. Oh, I hooked up with Steve last night. Oh, you hooked up with S- Steve? Ha! Well, Gay! well, you know, I I thought I liked him for a second, but so you didn't want to hook up with him? Well, it wasn't like that, but like, you know, I'm not ex- exactly excited about it. Oh, he took advantage of you then. Well, yeah, I guess so. Because she's going to say that rather than, well, no, I really do like him. And why are you judging me for it? But because Steve was a bad choice, 
to hook up with, you can peer pressure somebody into thinking, well, yeah, I guess he did take advantage of me. See, and all this shit, it pisses me off so much that I'm not even going to fucking go on a funny rant. Because this is honestly, I'm, I'm just being, I'm just being completely honest with you guys. Probably way too honest for this fucking show. But this is why I don't play the game anymore. This is why when I go out, I don't care if our group of friends and it's just a bunch of guys sit out at a table with a bunch of girls. I act like they, I act like they're Barbie dolls and they don't even have genitals down there. So I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm tired yeah. of the bullshit. I'm tired of it. Hey, it's where just, are the white women at? I'm not playing. I'm not. Pl- I'm not playing this game no more. I'm not playing your bullshit of, you know, because the last the last chick I hooked up with, she put the full court press on me. Why I have no idea. It was New Year's Eve. I was fucking obliterated drunk by the time I showed up at the party. I'm assuming she had something to drink. This chick walked up and bit my shoulder to the point where I had fucking a bruise for two weeks, and I was like. Can I help you? And she just sat down and started fucking uh, and talking and playing with her hair and giving all the signals that she's interested in. I'm going, what the fuck? Are we in grade school? This bitch just bit me. And she What's she going to do next? Week. Hit me and go, I like you and run away laughing. But I mean, you know, I, I, it turned, it, it, I was like, you know what? We fooled around and I was like, you know what? The vibe ain't right. I'm good. Whatever. Next day, it was just, you know, Everybody, so what happened? What happened? What happened? Man, none of your fucking business. That's what happened. Don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> what happened? We grew up and became adults, okay? Moving on. You know, I, I mean, it's just, it's like... I, it, <laughs> We're not I, kids. <clears throat> there's, there's been so many bullshit situations started by the people around the people who actually yeah. hooked up. Right. Because everybody's going to start with their uh, an opinion. And here's here's what's fucked up is that when there is an actual sexual assault, that's when all of a sudden everybody shuts the fuck up. All of a sudden there ain't the cheerleaders and shit trying to egg it on. Because it's it's like it's no fun for them. If the if a girl just comes out and says flat out, "Yes, I was drunk, I passed out, I woke up in the morning, I can tell someone had sex with me. I did not give my permission." Well, then there's no, what's the point of egging her on to say that she was raped? She flat out just said it. So they have no interest in it. And to act like these people don't exist, that these people are, 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 are a tiny portion of our population. Uh, how many real housewives of whatever fucking city are there? A lot. How many people love to watch all the drama and shit? There's plenty of people who feed off of drama. And when there's no drama there, when it's just a cut and dried situation, those people disappear. And that's when, that's when, like you said, let's bring the police into the situation. Yeah. All right, not not when it's when it's when it's social politics. Oh, you hooked up with so and so, and he's he's considered a nerd by this group of people, and you're friends with this group of people. So you better fucking come up with an excuse, or you fucked her, but she's a fat chick, and your boys are gonna make fun of you. So you better say that you were fucking so drunk you don't remember it, because believe it or not. In college-age kids, I'm hearing that more and more. Guys claiming that they didn't, I didn't give consent. I was drunk. I was blacked out. And it's like, I, I don't even know how to feel about that because I've been blacked out drunk. God knows if some chick would have just, you know, reached down there and, and kept going, involuntary fucking response, my dick's going to get hard. 
but if I don't rem- if I don't remember it the next day and I just wake up and I'm like, why does my why am I pissing like I had sex last night? And then my boys go, you don't remember hooking up with so and so? No. Now let me ask you a question: Is that rape? Because if it, if the sexes were reversed, that's definitely rape. So I mean, how how, how fine do we want to walk? How fine do we want to throw this on people? Yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah. it's certainly my. I'm not arguing. I know I said this already, but it, I'm not arguing that none of this stuff is happening. I mean, I certainly can't deny it. Out of all the women that I've been with in my life, not all the women, but 80% of them I know for a fact were abused by somebody at some point in their lives. And the other 20%, I can pretty much assume I just don't know. So I would safely assume that 100% of the... Maybe I maybe I picked the wrong women, but what the fuck is going on? I, I'm not saying that I, every woman that I've been with has been like brutally raped, although there have been cases. It sounds like I'm doing the raping when I say it that way, doesn't it? I'm not raping. <laughs> Let's make that. No, clear. Aaron. What it sounds no, what but, it sounds like is if for whatever reason you either attract or find yourself attracted to people. I, I do who like are, who are damaged crazy in a way. Ones, yes, I do like crazy ones. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll self-confess to being a fixer. I, I dig my own grave on that, but it's not like I have to search hard to find women who have been wronged by men in some fashion. It's and it just goes back to what I was saying, guys. I mean, it's all the it's power, been, all the power of sexual politics. Women will never admit this. Well, and when I say women, I'm saying the the, the radical feminists, the the those types. So I guess I should say that instead of women. They're, they'll never admit this, but all the sexual power rests in their hands, except for one thing: rape. That is a man taking your power away from yeah, you. Yeah, that was back when you started talking about the hookup culture thing. How they she they a woman can decide I'm going to have sex tonight. We cannot. Trust me, there's plenty of times you go out with your friends in your early 20s, I'm fuck something tonight. No, you're not. You jerk off and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But a woman you're going to fuck something tonight. <laughs> yeah. But, but you also notice what the hookup pillow, culture but. A woman can say, I'm going to go out and hook up tonight and succeed 100% of the time. Right. Do Only you know question what, remaining, how that, rich? That is power. <laughs> this, is, this, this, is, this is the fucked up part, is that... With the hookup culture comes a lack of, or or the the the, I get I yeah the lack of the chase, the pursuit if you will. All right, most likely if you are a male and a female, and you're deeply entrenched in hookup culture, you don't play the back and forth sexual tension game for very long before you do finally decide to hook up. Yeah. All right, and. Because so many of these people who are who are fucking dictating to everybody else what is and isn't okay all of a sudden are entrenched in hookup culture, the chase is now considered sexual harassment. Well, that's not that's not true for everybody. I I'm sorry. I know plenty of women 
if I could probably get him on the show anonymously and we didn't, we used a fake name, they probably, I, I guarantee you they admit to this. They like the back and forth. They like playing hard to get. <laughs> they get off on it. How, how far will he chase me? You know, I'm going to make it interesting. I'm going to make him work for, I can't count how many times I've heard my female friends in 40 years say, I made him work for it like he's never worked before. Right. Well, I mean, it does make sense because a, a quality that a lot of women find attractive in men is men who are determined, who know what they want, who don't waffle, don't flip-flop. Masculine, that, traditionally masculine traits. And is it any surprise that now that we have children and generations in just entrenched in hookup culture that they the gender no longer means anything to them? That they well, want to fucking erase gender lines and stereotypes? To, I, I can't argue with the fact that it is tr- a traditional male thing. I don't know. It's not exclusive, certainly. No. And if, not- I've, had, I've had two women in my lifetime. Like I said, I don't know what they were thinking. The generosity of women never ceases to amaze me. That's all I'm going to say when it comes to how lucky I've been to be with some of the women I've been with um, uh, who pursued me. And the first time it happened, I didn't know how to act. It was like if I walked up to Santa Claus and gave him a gift on Christmas Day. He'd be like, um, uh, uh, I, uh, thank you, I guess. And the second time, I was older and mature enough to go, I'm going to enjoy this. I've never, it, I've never been able to. I've never been able to enjoy this. The first time I was so uncomfortable. Was it Amber? Well, you know, because <laughs> I, I remember well, being like, "Wow, all right, good for good for Rich." There, I think there's a little bit of a distinction that we need to make, though, between uh, what hook up hooking up meant to us. Because, like, like as far as I know, our generation started this shit. I didn't hear about anybody hooking up. On Leave It to Beaver. It, well, that's good. This, I, you know, this uh, hooking up June was, was fucking the milkman, and Ward was fucking you know, <laughs> hooking girl up, Friday. Hooking up to us was in lieu of formal dating, some yeah. sort of courtship procedure. Hooking up was yeah, you were you know maybe you were a little high, a little drunk, or something like that, but. You knew that so and so was going to be at the party, and you were really into them, and you hoped that you would hook up with them instead of going up to her and saying, "Gosh, you're really pretty. I would like to take you out on a date sometime." That's how. That's how our mothers and fathers did shit. Eh, kind of. But I'm gonna go risk one off in the men's room. But the hookup culture that was being described in this. Uh, in this news piece, this interview that I was listening to, was much more specific. The behavior of not dating, just hooking up, is there. But the culture around it was completely different because it was completely separated from any ideas of uh, a romantic relationship, really. Describing girls who would have the guy that she was really interested in and would hang out with and would not sleep with. And the guy that was really popular that she would hook up with at parties. 
But there were guys that were confused, like, she really likes me and wants to hang out with me all the time, but she won't sleep with me. Well, that's one thing, but if she's not sleeping with you, but she is sleeping with somebody else, that's kind of weird. And that's, and that's what's <laughs> happening. And that, this is, like, for, I, I th- for, me, for me, hooking up was hopefully leading to a relationship of some sort. And that's often, exactly what and I was often, say. And often did. I'm not, I, I think I can count on one hand, yeah, definitely on one hand, the amount of people that I've been with once. You serial I, monogamist, you. And well, I'm certain, it's somebody's, not, it's somebody's not, got standards. Well, <laughs> no, and, it, and it, it's I didn't like jump from relationship to relationship either. I know. I, I'm just giving you shit. I know. <laughs> no, but what you said is exactly right. It, to me, when I when when I was younger, hooking up was doing away with all the courtship bullshit, getting down to the physical part. If you are compatible physically, then you move forward and you see if you're compatible on right. on, on an emotional and, and intellectual level. And if you are, it becomes a relationship. The hookup culture that I hear about with younger people is literally just, let's fuck, Political. now let's go our own ways. Yeah. Yeah, there's no... And if it leads to a relationship, that's not even in, in, the, in, the, in their mind at the time. Whereas with me, it's like I, I was never going to hook up with the chick unless I saw, thought there was some potential. Unless, and this is, yes, this ladies, we are pigs in this aspect. Unless it is a woman that is so high above your pay grade like, and I'm, she is sh- showing interest in you. I'm doing this. Yeah, and that's when yeah. you pull out all your sexual tricks. You're licking ass. You're fucking <laughs> down there eating, eating pussy, licking the alphabet, writing letters to Santa Claus and shit. I mean, you're going all out because you don't know if you're ever... This woman's going to wake up one day and go, what am I doing with this pig when I can have any yeah. guy in this room? You know, in the morning, when, when the light of day and sobriety shows up, it is over. She's going to be like, thank you, that was good, that was interesting, it's true, fat guys do eat better pussy because they have to, but there's going to be no retap. And it's like, I understood that last night, but thank you for clarifying it. Yeah. Can I at least sniff your panties on the way out the door? <laughs> no? Okay? All right. I mean, that's the only time that I went into a situation like, okay, I know this is only going to be a one-time situation. There's no way. She is so far out of my league, and she just decided for whatever reason that I'm the person she's going to have sex with tonight. I'm having a one-night stand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's, those are the parties that I'm like, put the jack down, give me the light beer. Yeah. I don't want whiskey dick. Yeah. I can't show up with gonna, no good dick in this situation. I'm going to need you, buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah, because all the hooking up was an understanding that dates are just awkward. Like, just the two of you trying to get to know each other in a public place. It's just kind of weird. Well, it's also it's really so hard. Much, it's so much nicer when you have your friends there with you. Well, it's also really hard. You can all have conversation. It's really hard these days because I've, unfortunately, post-divorce, tried to do the, as we think of the stereotypical dating thing. Yeah. And I've, I, I was like, I'm too rigid for this because. I can't, I can't do it, man. I, there's, it's just if I'm out with somebody and I, I'm romantically interested in them and they're finger fucking their phone through the entire dinner and conversation, I just get up and leave. 
If you, if I am that much, if I'm right. just here, what the fuck are we doing? Here's there you go. You got a free dinner out of me. Have a nice one later. Right. And I I'm not, and that's we're, we're, how often do you go out where someone doesn't have their phone out anymore in a group of people? I, I met Mandy by an act of God. <laughs> like this this isn't happening again. I've I've. I've downloaded and deleted at least three different dating apps just to check them out, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, even if I made arrangements to go on a date with somebody, let's be frank, I'd be relieved if they canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just oh, don't God. want to. I don't want to do that. I'm not against meeting women. It takes so much energy I to meet a new person. Just, I just have to figure out what kind of situations I can put myself in where I can meet women. I don't... And I'm not against online dating. I... I just don't know where to start with that. You know, because... Because the things that... I think a lot of... Most of the things that you just find attractive about women you can't really put your finger on, right? It's a hole. And, and you, it's not a whole. Not a, not a H-O-L-E, Chris. W-H-O-L-E. He just started giggling, and I knew what he was thinking. Right. Like, everybody can, every guy can list off qualities of, like, you know, what types of boobs they like or how they like a certain uh, hair type. Regular kind? Tattoo woman? really into certain eye color or something like that. But that doesn't mean anything. It, it's certainly not going to be anything that guides you towards somebody that can put up with your shit 24-7. Somebody that you just want to spend all of your time with that you're not annoyed by. I mean, let's just start there. I mean, and certainly, you know, meeting people face to face in in regular situations isn't always the best judge. But it it seems like a starting point for me that I can't get to judging somebody by a couple pictures and something that they made up to present themselves. I mean, whatever it is. I'm not saying that. Oh, you never know because people lie. The picture from eight years that, ago. That's what you do. Like. I'm, you know, if I'm going to make a profile, I'm I'm not going to start with divorced father of two. You're not going to put the worst picture of you. Right. I'm not going to lead with my 97 Ford Escort with me leaning on it. Right next to the bashed in front quarter panel. It just shows that you're willing to hang on to something and, f- and work on it and fix it for a long period of time. Shows you're down for a commitment. Or, or yeah. you know, maybe I will. Maybe I'll just give in. I have considered that. Like, the only way that I could honestly do this if I presented what I considered to be my worst qualities, and then I would know for sure that whoever I ended up with, that whoever I was introduced to through this uh, date, whatever dating app I might choose, there is nowhere but up to go with that person. Is it... Divorce dad of two, making it work, be your headline. You know, I did read an article that was interesting that. recently about Tinder, about how the apparently there's a way on Tinder, there's an algorithm or something that people, or, or there's a way people can say who they think are the top, like, the better looking people. And the t- out of all the guys, the top 20% of guys are the guys that get 
the most responses from women, which I guess is a swipe right. So that means 80% of guys get swiped left. Out of women, it's the top 60% that get swiped <laughs> right. Shocking. And the bottom 40 get swiped left. So, I mean, it might work for you because I'm going to be honest with you. If I was... If I gave a fuck enough to try to to go out and and, and dip my pole, my pole, that was a Freudian slip. My toe, into the, <laughs> my, my toe into the dating pool again. Um, I like dip your pole. I know. I was like I said, a Freudian slip. Um, uh, I, I would almost if I saw a woman's profile that said, "Look, I've murdered ten relationships." <laughs> I've had to. I've been. I've had to work on myself. I'm. 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 You know. I, I, I'm a slob. I, I, I leave my clothes on the floor. You know. I'm not that good of a driver. I have shit taste in music. Blah blah. I would be like. It's almost endearing. I love a drink of this person. Yeah. I mean, this is a. This is Put a, your hair down in a ponytail. I'll be right over. Yeah, exactly. Put some sweats on. Put your hair in a ponytail, and let's not have sex tonight. It's like we're married. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean I, but I, it's, I swear to God, I, I would. Part of me would go, just the balls it took to put that up there. I, I, I think I would overlook it and go, let me give this person a shot because that's a real. And I mean this in the most respectful way possible, even though it doesn't sound like it. That's a real down ass bitch. That's a woman who's like coming out going, here's my bullshit. It's only going to get better from here. And it's like, thank you. I appreciate that. I do. I mean, it would be much easier if we knew, if we walked up and we met someone and we're like, hi, I'm interested, in you. I'm interested in you sexually. And she's like, I'm interested in you sexually. By the way, I don't suck dick. Okay, well, have a nice Moving life. Moving on. It, yes, yeah. boom, problem solved. This whole situation <laughs> sounds very George Costanza, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, you, know, you, know, I, it, you know, I might, I might give it a shot. Like I said, I'm not completely against it. I'm also, if you do, if you do, also, can we please, can we please, like, have a once a month update on the show? <laughs> we'll see. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm very much a realist about it at this point too. Um, realizing that I'm not really at a point in my life right now where I can give a lot of my attention to somebody else. Yeah, definitely. I, it, w- it wouldn't be fair. And also a realist in the way where I just I want to be very financially stable before I even try to get into a relationship. And shit's cost money. And I, and I know that that sounds kind of petty, and it's not like if somebody just fell into my lap, I wouldn't be like, well, this would be perfect if it was a year from now. Well, but, there's, a, there, there's a term that's going around that I've heard and more and more often called hobo sexual. <laughs> I'm listening. Meaning the guy who gets into relationships just so he has a place to live. And I think I knew I def- a few of them dudes. I definitely don't want to be a hobo sexual in my next relationship, you know? Like, well, right. I'll get used to your 12 cats because I can eat a place to live, you know? Okay, you know? Well, let's be honest. That's not a deal breaker for me, but I'm weird like that. I like cats. But you know what I'm saying. Maybe part of it is just a pride thing, or maybe it's old fashioned. I just don't want to deal with it. Like, if I want to meet somebody that actually makes me want to go out and have fun, then I want to go out and have some fucking fun. 
Aaron, if you meet somebody and you feel like they're with you because they need you, that's a, it's nice in a way. But And I'm not talking need as in they love you, they're in love with you, you know, whatever. I'm talking need as in I need, I need you know, to split the rent and the utilities and et cetera, <laughs> right. et cetera. Right. It's when you don't need anyone and they choose or that person doesn't need you and that person chooses to be with you that you can trust it a little bit more. And right. so the You're more not forced together by some circumstance of like, well, you know, I don't have much of a job, but I knocked this chick up. So, oh, wait, that's my parents. But I mean, the fact that you <laughs> are the fact that you're self-aware enough to go, I want to go into a situation being financially secure that way. The person I'm with doesn't have that nagging doubt in the back of their mind. Is is this only because it's convenient? Well, it, it's no. also I had to come to the understanding that like, look, this is something you. These are two things. Two things that you've been fucking up your whole life. You know, here I am, 41 years old, and I've fucked up every relationship, and I've never had like a really stable career done all right but I've never had the type of stability where I can totally relax and bills like are just something that I pay (laughs) and I figured well look maybe a lot of this is tied together and if I tackle one problem the other one will kind of work itself out. And that's a sound theory. Well, I mean, it's it's something that I've tried to tell people, especially people like my little brother who's in his mid-20s. I'm like, look, man, the one regret all my friends around the age of like 35 to 40 started talking about was that we didn't spend more time when we were your age building a good foundation for the rest of our lives, not just from from our own you know perspective of okay, well I have money in the bank and I can pay bills and this and that. Right. Is that we spent so much time fighting and chasing and fighting to keep women and and stay in relationships that really weren't healthy and we shouldn't have been in in the first place that we yeah. completely ignored everything else. We put that relationship or that woman first and foremost to the point where it was detrimental to ourselves. And when that relationship was over with, now you're sitting on the other side of 30 going, I don't have shit. I don't, I don't have any type of stability here. Guilty. And I did it to myself. That's not, I've said this in front of women, and when they go, oh, so it's our, our, our fault? And I said, that's your narcissism talking, sweetheart. That's <laughs> what your problem is. Okay, I didn't even say you. We did this to ourselves. It's a choice we made. There was no gun to our heads. And I try to get through to him the best I can. Your 20s are the time to build the foundation. Work on yourself. I'm not saying you got to be celibate. I'm not saying you got to be a monk. Right. Don't If you do find that one person, here's the beauty of it. That person is not going to discourage you from building the foundation. They're going to encourage you and help you. And I I spent way too long in relationships with people who were just going, that's stupid. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. Come pay attention to me. 
oh, you're not paying enough attention, so I'm going to go flirt with this guy in front of you, and I'm going to, you know, leave my, 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 my phone out so you can see the text he's sending or whatever the fuck. And it's like, I, no, that's game playing, man. It's not a relationship. That's, that's childish shit. And it's just, anybody listening in that age group, I'm telling you, and women too, this is not just isolated to men. I know plenty of women who pissed away their 20s. Chasing bum-ass man. Trying to save, you know, the guy who, you know, I, I, well, I know he's been to jail three times and he's facing fit five years in prison for armed robbery, but I love him and his mother likes me. So no, that's honey. You're, you're pissing away your life. All right. It, it's not, it's, it's, you're going to end up waking up one day going, what the fuck do I have? Nothing. And that relationship actually was detrimental to me getting anything. You can meet people in prison. They got letter writing things. <laughs> He'll be all right. I mean, I'm constant. I'm constantly shocked by people my age who, when they get single, whether it be through divorce or you know the loss of a of a of, of a wife or a husband due to death or something like that, that just I mean they go fucking head first into I gotta find somebody else. And I'm just like, you're stuck in that mentality so much, you're ignoring the rest of the parts of your life that that are going to be there, right? Hasn't hasn't life proved to you if your wife walked out on you or your husband walked out on you or they died that nothing's guaranteed? So you better make as as good of a nest for yourself, and then then find someone to share that nest with. Okay, while the sun shines. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. I, this certainly I, like I I don't wallow in regret, you know. But I do understand that there's a lot of time of my own time in my life that I've just wasted, you know. And I'm not saying it's a situation where like I wish I never went to a rave and I went to college instead. If I went to college when I was 18, 19 years old, I don't know. Who knows what I would have ended up studying, and I probably would have been miserable. And I. You know, maybe I would be more financially stable, but I don't know that I'd be more happy. But I, you know, just apply yourself to something. You know, there's a lot of times where I think about how I wish that I just played guitar more, or you know, learned more about the, the process of audio recording at, at an earlier age and, and applied that when I could actually have a, a chance of making a career out of it or anything like that. You know. Just applying myself to the things that I already loved was difficult enough to actually find the time for that shit. You know, those are the types of things where I I, I feel, again, I don't know if regret is the word. I don't sit there and go, oh, fuck. You know, I'm fucked now because I'm 41 years old and, you know... I could have made a career out of this or that if I if I would have started or if, you know, somebody would have encouraged me to do something, you know. It's not like that. It's just a better understanding of the time that you've that you had and threw away on repeated ridiculous behavior, right? Yep. You know, like go out, have fun, get fucked up, you know, do stupid shit. That's fine. But what are you going to do with the rest of your week? You can have both. I, you know, I, I'm with you up to a point, but and this is just, I guess, the difference in, in our personalities. I had a, I had a very good friend, very close friend, 
tell me this not that long ago. They said, you know, look, it's not that you did a lot of the wrong things. It's not that you were self-sabotaging on purpose. It was you didn't know when to cut ties with lost causes. Yeah. You, you, yeah. It, it's that it's that fix-it mentality that you spoke to earlier. I have, I've, I've had bosses say, oh, Jesus, here comes Rich. He's got to fix everything. Well, yeah. I, is it better that something's fixed than sitting here broken and bitching about it? But at the same time, if something's a lost cause, it's hard for me to, to I, one, identify it, and two, walk away from it, especially when people are involved, because loyalty is one of the top things to me. I don't give a shit. You, you can be a fuck up. I'll forgive that. You can make dumb decisions. I'll forgive that. If you're disloyal, you ain't long for my fucking circle of friends. That's just all there is to it. And the problem is, is that I have a I. I spent, and I agree with this person, especially ones that was brought in, you know, kind of shoved in my face, in as loving a way as possible. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was, you have spent way too much time with people who don't feel that way back towards you, who aren't willing to give that back towards you. And it's, that's, not a, that's not a friendship. That's not an equal friendship. That's, that's, a, that's a user and being used situation. And it's like, yeah, it sucks, but I, I, I had, you know, I've had to do that. I mean, it's like we've talked about, like, you know, when when we took the break from the show, I've talked to Chris about this. Not so much you, Aaron, but I mean, I was just like, I am not. It's making me miserable. But at a, at, at a certain point, I'm I'm I was starting to resent having to do the show. Now, what good is that for anybody? If I'd have came on here and been a fucking dick to both of you guys, and both of you guys are like, what the fuck is he, what's his problem? Yeah. And I never told you that it's not you. It's just I'm getting run down because I'm taking this shit to heart, and I'm not leaving it at the doorstep. I'm bringing my work home with me. If I'd have just said that, maybe we wouldn't have taken that nine-month break, and maybe you guys would have been like, you know, hey, all you got to do is... Take a step back, you know. Do what you, do it do what you do now. Do what we do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, I felt like I was being disloyal. But I was like, what's more, what's more disloyal? Basically, shitting all over the fucking show, being an asshole to you two because I'm unhappy and I'm not mature enough to say something about it, or just going, you know what? I got to call it a day at least for right now. I I, I can't I can't keep doing this because I've lost perspective on the situation. We got the nut. It's not you. It's me. But I mean, I, as fucked up as this is, if I'd have stayed, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have been. I know me. It's like I, I've stayed in relationships I shouldn't have been in, and I make it about that person. I make that person so miserable that they start attacking me, and they give me an excuse to go. Yep, that's all I needed. I'm out the door. Because I was too much of a pussy to walk out on my own. It's too much of a pussy to go up to him and go, look, you know, for whatever reason, this isn't working. And I need to know, do you want to try to save it? Because I'm on the fence here. And if you're on the fence, too, then let's just go our separate ways before something really bad happens. And a bunch of hurt feelings and lost years is what we got to show for it. Oh, being, being an adult. Bring that to the mix. I mean, it would be kind of what it is. Yeah, and I mean, you know, looking back at my twenties, yeah, I did. I I was in bands with people I should have fucking cut ties with many times over. I gave people way too many chances, 
you know, oh, dude, I couldn't make the show. I'm dope sick. Well, then, dude, you know what? Until you were fucking got some real clean time, don't bother knocking on my door anymore. Not, Not at least for this job. I can't have this. You know, or, hey, man, I'm sorry. I fucked up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, shit got stolen. Money got spent. That was supposed to go towards, you know, other things. Well, okay, dude, you fucked up and I forgive you, but I'm not going to give you a chance to do it again. That's not, it. to me, that's not, and in my 20s, that was being selfish if I said that. Now that's just logical to say, I'm not going to give you the chance to do it again. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is being selfish. I don't know. But it, can there be a good type of selfish? When you're younger, you're more yeah. compassionate. Trying to save the world. No, but I Ide- you're idealistic. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, Rich. When I do hit this dating scene again, I'm hitting it hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get my hair done up right. Get a nice suit. Buy a new car. Flash some, you know. Amex Black or some shit like that. Fuck that. <laughs> annual fee on that is ridiculous. <laughs> Basically, you're paying no. just to say, hey, I got this card. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Dude, I don't care if you hit the lottery or if you had a long-lost relative who was a billionaire. I couldn't see you balling out like that. No, like, it no. wouldn't be the Dave Chappelle cribs where you're cracking open dinosaur eggs and cooking them up and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Right. That smells wild. <laughs> yeah, it's the most baller shit ever. Right. I mean, I'm going to buy a Honda or something, you know. <laughs> I'm going to get a Honda Fit. I don't think I'm going to pull a lot with that. I could I, I don't know why I see this, but I could see you buying a big house and turning most of the house into a recording studio in in like of some sort and then living in a tiny little yeah, area. A bed in a corner. I, I can see myself. I can see myself buying a large recording studio and living in a room. Yes, and so that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, well, hey if man, I, if I bought, if I had millions of dollars to buy a really nice recording studio, it'd have a kitchen and everything in it. It'd have living quarters there, and anyway. it'd have to. You, you know, dude, you'd call up Dave Grohl and be like, "So, how much for that board from Sound City?" <laughs> yeah, I know, right. <laughs> Hey, fuck that. How much to buy a Sound City? You know, just, yeah, let's shit. just get this over with. Oh, shit. Well, it's do we do we want to wrap it up or do we want to go on to the one subject that I had? It's a oh, lighthearted one to go out it's, on. It's getting late, but what do you got? It was... Okay, so I've had people come to me over the last month or so and, and, and say, hey, have you heard this band called Greta Van Fleet? Oh, right. Yeah. The Saviors of Rock and Roll. Yeah. Pretty cool. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I listen to them and I'm like, okay, I hear a little bit of Rush in the vocals mixed with Robert Plant and got kind of, you know, a classic rock vibe to it. But I noticed that all my older friends are just constantly harping about these are the Saviors of Rock. And if you go on their YouTube page, I can't remember what song it was specifically, but I, I was reading the comments, and to my surprise, there was no negative comments. 
But there was comments from all these guys that were like, I was there in 71 and saw Zeppelin. You guys are the new saviors of rock. Don't mess this up for us. And I'm like, <laughs> mess this up for us? <laughs> like, am I missing something here? Do you guys hear this? Rock's been dead, motherfucker. Yeah. Rock died I mean, somewhere in the late 90s. But music, like everything else, goes through these kind of uh, cyclical things, you know? And there's always a point in music where we're looking back. You know, we I think we're on the tail end of our retro 80s phase now. You know, I think it's already it already peaked with uh, Bruno Mars. It's going downhill from there. But yeah, this happens constantly. You know, in the 80s, we were having... You know, people were doing retro songs like '50s doo-wop songs and shit like that. But these are just fads, right? Doo-wop didn't come back in a major way. Just Billy Joel had a hit song with it, and we moved on. You know? Yeah, I mean, there was everybody how, did a disc. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say how. What a year was the swing revival of the '90s? Yeah, right. Right. Swing kids. A Gap commercial and right. uh, it doesn't come back. Squirrel nut zippers. That's it. Seventies yeah. rock is not coming back. New bands doing that same old shit sound. Not that all of it was shit, but let's face it. Like you're only looking back at history through rose-colored glasses because only the bands that actually made music worthwhile ended up surviving past that era. So to think that that was like some magical time when all music was better than it is now, no, look, if you're interested in in rock music, there's plenty for you out there. You just might have to dig a lot deeper to find it. Well, see, that's where I but think a lot of... this idea that, the- like, this, like uh, there's going to be uh, ushering in a new era, a complete revival of something... And look... Music exists in the cultural environment. It can't be reproduced in that fashion. It can be alluded to. You can nod to it, but you can't completely recreate Led Zeppelin because you'd have to recreate the 60s and everything else that was happening in that culture that made that band seem to just pop out of nowhere. Well, I also think it's kind of how do I put this a lot of a lot of the people I hear that uh, that will go you know oh they're the saviors of rock they're going to bring it back to the forefront maybe it's because a lot of the music I've liked and still like and, and, and you know now that I'm 40 has never been in the forefront of the top you know top 40 I'm yeah. comfortable with you know people go rock is dead well as far as the the you know the pop charts yeah for the yeah. most part there's a blip here and there but that's about it yeah but, but uh, my I'm music collection does not live and die by the fucking charts exactly i my, my first genuine gave me goosebumps music that i heard when i was a kid was blues and i'm not talking you know uh 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 prettied up fucking blues that was on the pop charts. I'm talking Rusty Straight Razor, bitch cheated on me, I'm a killer. You know, blues, real shit. And I mean, they that, that, that you never heard that on the radio. 
You never heard any of that shit on the radio. What radio station in the 1980s were you turning on and hearing Albert King, Albert Collins? You know, I mean, yeah, you'd hear BB King every once in a while, but it was more just because people were like, "Oh, he's the king of the blues, and it's a respect thing." He was a he. He he was BB King was regulated to. That's the blues artist that everybody knows, and he, he, he makes appearances on sitcoms every once in a while. That's it. Well, So, I mean, I'm comfortable with shit off the beaten path, and it seems to me that these people are just like, they want to go back to the 70s and 80s, yeah. where there well, was no rap or R&B mixed on the top 100 charts, you know? How about the fact that there are bands all over this country playing in bars, members 40, 50, 60 years old... Way better playing. It's some of them are even writing original songs, and they're just fucking playing in bar and making a living. And I'm sure they're happy. I'm, but the only thing that makes Greta Van Fleet different is these. They're fucking babies, you know. They're, yeah, they're kids. They just graduated high school. Oh literally. my god, these guys are gonna. Oh. Behind the music isn't a thing anymore. It's gonna if, if it was, it's gonna be a great behind the music episode because these guys are getting way I too thought, much money way too early in life. I'm not knocking them. I think they're cool. I, I do listen too. To their music. I watched the video. I was like, this is fucking badass, and I'm glad. You know, it's totally derivative, but I'm glad they're doing it. And let's see where they go next. I mean, look, we're all gonna live long enough to see Greta Van Fleet by a drum machine. So just buckle in, okay? They're not. <laughs> they're not. The future. I want to know who's going These to rehab. Kids, they're fucking. They just graduated. Okay? Yeah. Like, think if I think about like I had a really varied taste even as a teenager. When I was when I graduated from high school, I listened to a lot of different music. Mm-hmm. Fucking triple that now. Like, I never thought that I would listen to a country song or like any reggae when I was eighteen, nineteen years old. You know. Folk music? What? Why? What? I'm gonna go show tunes? Why the fuck would I listen to show tunes? But you know, you start realizing that good music is everywhere. That it's not genre genre specific. And if these these kids seem to be really competent musicians, you know, they're they're writing their own songs, and they have an understanding. They play really well together, so they're obviously practicing a lot, and. They understand their gear and the tones they can make with them because they're able to replicate a lot of the the sound and feel. You know that that's part of it. it they're not just they're writing songs derivative of seventies rock and and Led Zeppelin stuff, but they're getting that tone right too. They're gonna yeah, but- get bored. They're gonna get bored. All that's my point. To all all of those add up to. These are competent musicians who aren't going to want to write Led Zeppelin songs their entire lives. I, I just, I, I, when I heard it and when I heard the people talking about, you know, Saviors of Rock and they're young guys and they're out there doing the stuff that hasn't been done in decades, I just flashed back to the mid-2000s and Wolf Mother. And I'm saying the same thing about Wolf Mother. Oh, it's bringing back that... <laughs> That seventies real rock shit, man. And then I then I just remember that they were on a bill with Tomahawk, who Mike Patton is the lead singer of, and yeah. they're in the background and they start their set and Mike Patton's being interviewed and he stops the interview, he looks at the interviewer and he he looks back at the stage and he looks back and he goes, <laughs> What fucking decade are we in? 
<laughs> He's like, are you hearing this? Seriously. You know, now, I love my patent. I did, I, look, I, I, you know, whatever, full disclosure. Yeah, I love the Black Crows. Black Crows were very derivative of the stones and the faces and et cetera, et cetera. I don't mind yeah. that. I don't mind that. It doesn't they kinda offend aped the, They aped the culture, but they they wrote very different songs. I mean, I think people were kind of fooled by their presence. If you were able to just, you know, listen to the Black Crows without seeing what they look like, I think you'd have a very different perception of the band. I'm just you saying that, that I don't think anyone's used the Nashville tuning as much as Keith Richards since Rich Robinson. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. Homeboy loved to to to, try, to do his best Keith Richards right. impersonation to the point where he played a a, a tele, Telecaster with the low E removed. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you now granted they grew from that, like you said, they evolved from that. Their first album is almost unlistenable to me. If I never hear Hard to Handle, and if I never hear She Talks yeah. to Angels ever again. I'm fine, and I love the Black Crows. I mean, I love them. I've seen them probably more than yeah. any other band that's like a, po- a popular band. It's not a local band in my life. However, I also understand that they're not for everybody, and I don't need my music to have... I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's like these people who are like, oh, they're the saviors of rock. Why do you need for the masses to approve of your fucking listening yeah. I don't get well, it. Because I, I think it is a greater cultural thing. It's this understanding that the 70s were better, right? Because they just seemed better to you because you were a kid at that age or whatever. Oh, is it all coming and, back to making America we, great again? If that we can, you know, get back this the 70s rock, this, you know, kind of badass guitar riff thing... That means something. That means that we're getting our balls back as a culture, that we're back to men things, or whatever the fuck that means to you as a person. Making America great again and rock music's come back. It's a positive signal of what you see as change, but the rest of us understand it's regression. And But here's the thing. I don't look down upon somebody who wears, who goes, you know, I like... these kids are obviously fucking 18, 19 years old, yeah. right? I don't look down on them because they go, I listen to my dad's record collection, maybe even my grandparents' record collection at this point, which is a very scary thought. And by the way, yeah. I have to say, I heard The Verve on Classic Rock Radio the other day. The Verve? The Verve. Ouch. And I was like... I had already graduated when I bought my first Verve album, and it I, was the first Verve album. <laughs> I, so, I mean, I was like, oh... It just, but anyways, you know, I, I don't, I don't look down on them or go, you know, whatever your derivative, and and I, I don't have that that music snobbishness about that because it's like everybody's got to start from somewhere, and they're so young. Of course, they're most likely. It's very few artists, and it's really only in Western culture do we expect very young artists to make their best work at that age. In other cultures. You're not considered a master musician until in, in other and in, in, in other forms of music. You're not considered a master musician until you played for 20 years professionally. I mean, it, you go into the cla- the world of classical music, and I mean, it's like it, it, you you 
it's very rare are you going to see someone who's like you know 16 and is being held up as the gold standard in classical music no they're gonna be like sit your ass on fourth chair and learn you got a whole lot of decades in front of you before you get that first chair and so i I don't, you know, I don't look down on it, but I, at the same time, I'm not like, oh boy, we need to save rock music. I don't mind having to go off the beaten path to find music I like. It does suck when I try to show people like, hey man, I found this new band, check it out. And nine out of 10 of them listen to 10 seconds of it and go, that's cool and change the subject. But it's that one person who goes, oh shit, what is that? That's, but, that's a bit all right, man. That's the person. Okay, cool. Yeah, we can have a that's discussion I, about it. I, I think anybody who has an appreciation for music, in my mind, is a musician. And being a musician is just thinking about music in a different way than other people. And there, there are some people who music to them is familiarity, memory, it's comfort yeah. to musicians it's language it's stories it's ideas it's sharing concepts and feelings I'm not saying like, like everybody can have feelings you know song is constructed just right and it has these lyrics that just hit in the right places and really get you you know but some people are fine with, you know, a couple songs in their lives do that to them and they have a, you know, CD collection of less than a hundred, which I don't know how you live on that. And I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's fine for them. And they can always go back to that spot. And others are, I think, constantly wanting to be challenged. Musicians need to be challenged in some way. I mean, I think for myself, it's almost to a fault where I tend to be in, in modes where like, I don't repeatedly listen to records anymore because there's always something new to listen to. You know, when I was, well, shit, I think it was about 19 when the... The second Radiohead album came out. And I listened to that album countless times. I know that whole record inside and out. I could hum every part of it. Not just the melody. I could hum you any part from that song or from that album. And I I don't... do. There's, there's albums that I think... I would say, yeah, that's as good as, as the second Radiohead album. Even OK Computer is even a better album. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's an adventure, right? I, I don't think everyone sees music as the same adventure. No. They see it as defining something for them in their lives, like... You know, how good it was to be a teenager for them, or, you know, they've got a special song that reminds them of their wedding night or some special event or something like that. I mean, music has meaning to all people's lives. 
but there's some, you know, not everyone's along for the full ride when it comes to music. Oh, no, they are not. Definitely. I I remember reading an interview with uh, Vernon Reed was interviewing Robert Fripp, and they were talking, you know, Vernon Reed from Living Color, Robert Fripp from King Crimson and Bowie and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, and and so I mean, you can imagine they got pretty out there with some of the stuff they were talking about. But one of the things that they were talking about that, and I, I feel like I was lucky to read this interview at a, like a fairly young age because it stopped me from maybe doing this myself. Was Vernon Reed was asking Fripp about, you know, why do you think less challenging music is the music that most people listen to, and et cetera, et cetera? And he goes, well, because it's easier to digest. But I also think that people tend to get they tend to get stuck loving the music that was on the radio when they first got laid. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's from Robert Fripp, it was kind of a weird quote because I don't think of him as that type of, you know, guy. But I think it's very apt because I know most non musicians I know, if it doesn't fall within their middle school to let's say mid twenties years, yeah. it's it's you know, it's outside of their radar. That's where they get stuck in. That's why classic rock radio tends to go in 20-year cycles. Yeah. You know, that's why the well, stuff that when we were in that age is now classic rock, and the stuff that was in the 80s from the 60s was classic rock. You know, I don't even I hardly hear the shit that was on classic rock stations when I was a kid and my dad was my age. It's not on it's not on classic rock stations anymore. It's on AM radio for oldies. fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I go to you my know. my parents' house now. My dad's listening to the oldie station, and it's like the shit that used to be on Classic Rock Station when I was a kid. It's like, really? I'm telling you, if if you want to hear a good song on the radio, may as well start with the oldie station. You had a better chance. First of all, get rid of your radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first of all. Yeah. First of all, you have a radio. That's your first problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know I've learned to live with it, but and it's certainly not the biggest problem with my current automobile. But God damn it, like that's all that piece of shit has is a radio. And what's funny though is no, not even a goddamn cassette player or CD player or <laughs> no, any kind of a, input. Just an AM. FM radio. What did you rent yes. that car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like I got okay, so I bought a Bluetooth adapter so I could play shit through it and it's hardly worth it because the car is not exactly quiet and only three of the four speakers work. And uh so I, you know, I used that for a little while and then you eventually are a fixer. And then the um the cigarette adapter broke. Like the whole center part of it just popped out at me one day when I pulled when I pulled the uh, the Bluetooth adapter out. So now I can't shake even... your fist at the sky. <laughs> no! And if you've ever used one of those, I mean, it, it what it's doing is you're Bluetoothing your phone to that, and then it's shooting an FM signal to your antenna. Yes. And that works a lot better when you plug it directly. If you've ever tried to use a battery-operated one of those, good luck. So anyway, I have, I'm left with no options except for a new car, and that's a little bit of a ways off. But I'll get there. <laughs> well, I think we all can agree that even if we do enjoy 
Because, I, I mean, i got to be honest. I, I've heard three songs from Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. Of the three I've heard, two, I, I, I'm like, okay, I, I, I would listen to this again. And the other one is like, eh, I'd probably, I'd probably see what else is on the radio if I heard it on the radio and then come back to it if there was nothing else. Yeah, let's just put on physical graffiti, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, but I, I just, I don't see it as like the great saviors. And to me, I think it's, it speaks more to the person saying that rock needs a great savior. I remember, Chris, I remember right. we were in Specs. I didn't know it was sick. I didn't know it needed yeah. to be cured. You know, Chris, I remember we were in Specs and uh, what, what is it? The color and the shape? Is it the Foo Fighters album with learning to fly on it? Uh, no, that's, uh, fuck. What is that album? No, oh, there's nothing left to lose. Okay. I remember that, that single come out, and they dropped that album. We were in Specs together, and we're sitting in the studio, and you turned and looked at me and said, man, this might be the last like rock album that we hear on like, you know, pop radio for a while here. Because the, time, the, was like, the, turn, the, the turntable was exploding at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was like, eh, yeah. I mean, it's, they're still around. Like, if you ask someone to name the, the, the biggest rock group right now, I guarantee you most people would say Foo Fighters. Right. Well, that's the thing. You know, the Foo Fighters have definitely a solid uh, following. You know, they're a big-selling act. They've maintained. They haven't ushered in this new era of rock and roll. They've just managed no. to continue to put out competent albums and steadily grow a fan base. And you got to hand it to Dave Grohl. It's a... But that's what I'm saying. Like, eventually, you forget about the Foo Fighters. They're just doing their thing. And if Greta Van Fleet just keeps doing this Led Zeppelin thing, album after album, you're going to forget about them, too. They'll have their hardcore followers. They'll build their fan base. (laughs) (laughs) Their parents' friends. But they're not going to change the face of music in any way unless they grow and become something that is no longer the thing that you love and therefore you will hate them for, for changing. Then you call them sellouts, like we used yeah. to. Exactly. I think the saddest part of this conversation is that in another 20 years, that the rock historians, yes, folks, there are people who, that is their job title, that's how they make a living, uh, well, they're probably more music historians. They'll be called in 20 years. I want that job. <clears throat> uh, they're going to be singing the praises of the groundbreaking and uh, uh, you know seminal albums of Beyonce and Kanye West. And I mean, it's already started. I mean, you know, Kanye West has been portrayed in in the music press as this like uh, a damaged genius. You know, who's like one part Marvin Gaye, one part Sly Stone, as far as his mental, you know, he's 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 got one foot in in sin and one foot in 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 salvation, and he's got all these mental issues and all this shit. And then that last fucking Beyonce album come out, and you'd have thought it was like as groundbreaking as like Sgt. Pepper's or Pet Sounds, you know, that Lemonade album come out. And I'm sorry, I listened to the whole thing, and I said. This is groundbreaking. This is literally music that's written by producers that have 15 writers on it, and it's the same producers that are producing and writing everybody else's shit. 
shouldn't we be holding them up instead of Beyonce as the groundbreaking people, if anybody? She's just a mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if it wasn't her, they'd have moved on to somebody else to do the song. Katy Perry or whoever the fuck, you know? I mean, it's it to me, for to be able to, to attach that label to somebody, one, they got to write their own music. I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't take you there. I can't take someone as a voice of a generation or, you know, the, the high watermark who has music written for them. Basically, at that point, you're a lounge singer. You are performing somebody else's art. Yeah. And it's not that they, it's not that they can't do it well. I mean, I know that there are people that argue against it, but I mean, most people would say that fucking Whitney Houston did a better job of I Will Always Love You than Dolly Parton did. All right? I mean, it's it's not... You didn't make it. Well, you performed it. Yeah, I mean, the, the performer is... That's a valid art form. No, I'm it not is. knocking it. But I just can't... It's I, just different. And it you're not the creator of the music. To me, the Beatles came along... And when they came along and started writing their own music... That changed the game. Yes, exactly. If you were in a band and they were handing you songs, you might as well name your band the Monkees. Yeah. And here's the bitch of it. Monkees had, well, however you feel about them, they had legit songwriters behind them. Neil Diamond. I mean, that. no, no matter what you feel about dude's career... Dude is prolific and is good at what he does because obviously he still has a career, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a bias I have, but it's like I just I, I I kind of it would be interesting to see twenty years from now who they're holding up as you know the great artist because Led Zeppelin was shit on in their time by Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone could say nothing good about Led Zeppelin. Rush has now become like some sort of like Rush fans cult. Yeah, and they were just a joke when they were out. Journey is still sucks. I'm old enough to remember when Journey was when was had those songs everyone loves were first on the radio. You know who listened to Journey? Douchebags and chicks. That's it. Sucks. now it's like they're this great rock band and they're held up in reverence. No, and I'm like, nobody not. took them seriously then. If you think that you are misinformed, that's a statement and I'm making it. I'll take full <laughs> responsibility for that one. Look, once again, what I'm saying is, is that 20, 30 years down the road, this is how history is being rewritten. And it, I'm just wondering what's going to happen 20, you know, 30 years down the road. Talk about the innovations uh, of Justin Bieber. Yeah. Oh, dude. There's. Think about this. One day, without any doubt, Timberlake, Beyonce, and Kanye are going to the Rock and Roll Hall. Of Fame. I at least respect Timberlake as he writes his music. Yeah, but I mean, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. I don't. It's the Music Hall of Fame now. What What legitimacy did it ever really have? I mean, what does it really mean ultimately? But it certainly, if it had any sort of credibility in representing what what it means to be rock and roll, wouldn't have taken him twenty five years to induct Black Sabbath. I don't see how that applies now. I don't know. I just, I, honestly, I think anything that it would be important to anybody in the future who studies and is interested in music 
will find the right bands that didn't hit the charts that were important that were influential you know i mean what who's beyonce going to influence some girl who wants to be a pop singer that's fine that job's got to be filled by somebody it's not going to be a whole lot of somebody's but somebody's got to do it and so you know the same way that like whitney houston influenced Beyonce, Beyonce is going to influence somebody else. Yeah, but guys, you got to remember. Not, but that's not changing music. We're not even 20 years that's removed that. from Britney Spears' first album, and she's cited as the inspiration for like Demi Lovato and all this shit. I mean, that's. Right. I think we, there's. there's we, yeah, you're inspiring other people to be what you are, which is a pop star. You're not inspiring somebody to make a great song to do something interesting with an instrument or to just doesn't even have to be interesting just real and emotional to that that does nothing to change the face of music just inspiring somebody to, 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 to join to, choir you know there's artists that are intertwined with the evolution of music and there's those that are on the edges and usually those that are on the edges that are just kind of peripherally involved with actually creating music on their own is are the ones that tend to have the pop hits well you know, I there's the rare exceptions like Nirvana that'll pop out but those are I mean you want to talk about the the rare exceptions and you know, one in a million chance of being a pop star, it's even less of a chance of being a legitimate write your own songs band and and even just hitting the fucking charts. I mean You know, and, and but 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 real quick it I, I NPR just did a interview with uh the guys from the Melvins and Buzz went yeah. to high school with, with uh, uh, Cobain. And here's the thing that I thought was interesting. I don't really know much of the Melvins outside of their music. I don't know the personality of the, the guy, the members. And Buzz won me over because he just came out and said, I'm about to shit all over the narrative that fucking Seattle wants to fucking put out there. Kurt Cobain <laughs> wanted to be a rock star. Yep. He loved pop music. He wrote constantly in his journal in high school about the cars he was going to buy and and what he was going to spend all his millions on. His first concert with Sammy Hagar? You know, ex- exactly. And he's like, this this bullshit that they've pushed on people, that you know, this this tortured artist who, who didn't want mainstream success. No, he was a junkie. And I was like, what? God damn, someone finally fucking said it who knew the guy so they can't shit on him and go, well, that's just your opinion. No, motherfucker, I went to high school with them. I remember him back in the day. But I, obviously, the guy, had a, the guy had a hole in him he couldn't fill. You know, that, that hole couldn't be satisfied, satisfactorily filled by a woman, obviously. It wasn't filled enough by music, and Heroin. fame and success and money didn't fill it either. I, mean, I think at that point he was out of options, yeah. I think when heroin stops filling the hole too, then you just decide to make a new one. In your head. Yep. With a shotgun. 
That's exactly what I meant. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Somehow we found a way to end on suicide. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a strong show today, though. I I think so, too. Good talk, gentlemen. Thank the news cycle, though. He's he's fatiguing, but he's good for content. I'll give him that. (laughs) Good God. Two. This one's pushing three and a half hours. Borgie was four. Wow. So, if you made it to the end, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Uh, That's a great thing about downloading a podcast. You can take it in chunks. Oh, yeah, for sure. I got a trip coming up. I got to go east of the Cascades. And for me, that just means I, I literally, if I have to graph my time on those trips, the, in the car outweighs not in the car. And that's when things like, yeah. you know, a three and a half hour podcast comes in handy. So if you're listening, you're sharing, telling your friends, hey, why don't you go to the, go to the iTunes or wherever you listen to us, review us. We got a couple reviews there. Yeah, that helps out a lot. Read some more. Helps other people find us. Yeah, because they just revamped the whole podcast app for the better, I believe. But uh, yeah, you know, our rating pops up at the end, and we 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 don't have enough for this show, at least, for them to pop up. There there are some, but like you're you're you're, it's akin to Google reviews. You know how a, a you know a star rating comes up. You know ours just says not enough people have reviewed. Oh there, right, there's yeah. a handful. But you know, it's not, not enough out. to get a solid consensus on it. Yeah, people all the you know show up on social media and say, "Yeah, you really like your guy's show." Well, a review is a way that you can actually put that out there and let people know. Because really, we're we live in the age of reviews. Especially again, I travel a lot. I rely I rely on people's reviews. So hey, drop us a review, five stars, please. Maybe four. Maybe we got some work to do. But you know, five five's optimal. Uh, hey. you can, if you got through to this point, I think we deserve at least four. Yeah. Give yourself five stars. I don't know what the fuck that'll do for you. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't listen to a three and a half hour three star podcast. Yeah. Unless you're dumb. You're not dumb, are you? That's a great point. Listen yes. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Unregimented Pod. We're on the Facebook, uh, on Instagram at Unregimented. Instagram. Uh, but thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you. All right. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. 
Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.